San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. Needless to say, we don't have to ask how your weekend went. <laughs> the football was incredible. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Jason, I'm still, uh, I don't know, just hyped up after that football game last night. Hyped up, exhausted, exhausted. A, a, a little of all of it. I mean, to have a weekend like we did in the NFL, and I know it's in-the-moment reaction, but I can't think of a better football weekend with four games all coming down to the final play of the game. Well, there's one that I could do without, okay? And that was what kicked it all off. (laughs) And the worst quarterback performance of the weekend by far uh, from one Mr. Ryan Tannehill, who was just awful on Saturday. You know, for somebody that was trying to sell me on Ryan Tannehill, and I tried telling you, I know they had the number one seed, but I rode that dude to the championship of my bad quarterback league, and I would have racked up a ton of points over the weekend with that kind of performance, yet they still had a chance to win. Well, that's because their defense played mm-hmm. so well. I mean, the Tennessee Titan defense played extremely well. They did exactly what they wanted to do there. Tennessee wins ugly. You know, that's how they win. That's what they do. And the defense did its job. They sacked Burrow nine times. Nine times. How do you win a football game when your quarterback is sacked nine times? But Cincinnati found a way to do it. Thanks to one Ryan Tannehill, who that last interception, I'm thinking, hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. What in the world are you thinking? Because at at Uh worst-case scenario, you've got overtime. You know, you don't do anything to jeopardize that. And I I know you want to win the football game in regulation. I get all that. But uh, to try to squeeze it into a receiver that has three guys all over him is just, uh, I mean, I don't know what you're thinking. He just, he wasn't up for it. He wasn't up for the moment on Saturday. I've I've got to applaud you, Joe Reinagle. I I really do. This is the beginning of week four of the new Blitz with your edition. Yes. And it hasn't taken you long to figure out how radio works. And you know damn well (laughs) that if you didn't come out of the gate, shifting to the Titans and Tenny Hill, that we may or may not and probably wouldn't spend a lot of time on that game because of all the other games that were out there. That, my friends, is a vet move from a radio rookie to get it off his chest about his Tennessee Titans totally crapping the bed in a classic Ryan Tannehill game. One Tennessee Titan crapped the bed. Ryan Tannehill. (laughs) That's all it took. That's all it took. All the Dax slander from a week ago. I want to hear your boy. You, You had so much faith last week in Ryan Tannehill. Of but not screwing things up. He that's got, what I that's, said, that's right? All he that's had all to he do had to do. Is not screw it not up. Not screw it up. And he screwed it up. Yeah, it's your boy. And you know what's what the problem is? I, I think Tennessee is stuck with him. Uh-huh. Um so you know, there's a lot of a lot in play. I know Vrabel came out and said, you know, Tannehill's the guy that you look for. He's got a lot of qualities that you look for in a quarterback. And, it is. 
Yeah, he's it, nice. except for that he's one. Polite. Yeah, that one quality of throwing to the other snacks. color jersey. He, he's a very giving guy. He he's a very very given uh, giving. I, I, look, I mean, I'm with you. And Saturday afternoon, I'm watching that game. You and I had plans to meet up at the bar later. And when you called me, I was like, man, this game is still going on. I can't believe Ryan Eagle's ready to go now because I wasn't. I thought, all right, as soon as this game is over, I'm going to get in the car, get over to the Rue Pub, and hopefully get there before the San Francisco Green Bay game kicks off. And you called me like at 6. And I'm yeah. like, man, you're, you're going early. And so I leave, and then you don't show up till late. I'm like, what happened? I thought you were leaving. Well, I couldn't leave the house, man. I had to stay and watch the end of that game. <laughs> And, and now I wish I would have. And, and, well, and, and, well, I give you credit because if my team had wet the bed like that, I don't know that I could have left the house. I don't know that I would have wanted to be around people. No, so I had to get out. I had to do it. <laughs> and plus, I told you I was going to come. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, you know I'm going to do that. And I, I just soon had to drown my sorrow somewhere. It's either going to be at the house or at the <laughs> Rue Pub. So I decided to be around people and do it at the Rue Pub. But, you know, I mean, I, I should have known, too, because the first pass of the game was intercepted was intercepted the For, first one and the first pass of the second half yes uh, does elias have a stat on that how many times has that actually happened i, I not very often and I his last you. pass of the game was intercepted i mean that was the trifecta i mean a triple crown moment and 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 that was the one i mean we i think tennessee survives i think they win that football game if he doesn't throw the third one Okay, it's the third one that was just, yeah, it was just awful. I mean, it, it's just, you know, if, if you're a quarterback in the NFL and y you just make that kind of a stupid mistake, because that's all that was. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you check that down, you do something, you don't try to squeeze a football into a receiver who has three guys around him. It, it just, it, it's just terrible. You know, funny. When I'm talking about another quarterback, throw it to the guy. Let him go make the play. Let him go make that play. Throw it in there. You're a good quarterback. It, it is interesting, but we've exhausted our time for Tennessee <laughs> because the other games, and, and Greg, Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, an incredible moment. That kicker, the the cockiness from from, from, from that kicker, I, I loved it. I'm, one, he didn't watch that kick go through. He celebrated as soon as his foot hit that ball. He knew it was going through. And apparently, he, he told Joe Burrow, I took a warm-up swing. Guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. I appreciate the confidence-slash-cockiness of the Cincinnati kicker. And I and with with, with the Bills out, I think, I, although it will be short-lived on their bandwagon, I, I've been a, Bill fan, a, a Bengal fan now for about nine minutes. I, I really... I, there's something about that team that I like. Well, I like it too. They've got some good young stars, right? I mean, we but talk about Burrow. He's got to be. The, I won't pick them to beat Kansas City. I promise got, you that. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of young stars, we saw a couple of them Ooh. last night. But uh, let's, hold with Cincinnati there. Joe Burrow's got to be the toughest guy in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. Nine sacks, and he was harassed all day. And he just keeps getting up and keeps making throws and making plays. And so, yeah, I, I became a Joe Burrow fan. But, I mean, it's not just that. I mean, Jamar Chase, who was relatively mm -hmm. held in check. But then you got T. Higgins, mm -hmm. who picked up the slack yep. there. Joe Mixon is a good running back. So they've got a good team. Are they good enough to beat Kansas City? That's another question entirely. It, it really is. And let's talk about that Chiefs game because all weekend, all week last week, 
Kansas City Buffalo was billed as the game, yep. right? The de facto AFC championship game. Hell, that might have been the the best Super Bowl. Like, you know, can we get a best of seven out of those <laughs> teams playing a game like that? And we'll get to, you know, Aaron Rodgers losing in the playoffs again and, you know, the Rams hanging on to beat Tampa Bay and what that could mean for Tom Brady. But Kansas City Buffalo, and I even tweeted out, man, after the early game, I was like, man, I, I don't disappoint KC Buffalo. I mean, all these <laughs> games have been incredible. <laughs> they heard you. And, and I'll tell you what, that Kansas City Buffalo game, Best game ever? I mean, maybe. I mean, you could you could argue a lot of things. Certainly most entertaining. But I go back, you know, everybody's talking about the final two minutes, which was insane. And, you know, as a guy that used to broadcast arena football games, you know, seeing a couple of touchdowns in the final two minutes is nothing new. Right. But you don't see that in 11-man football on a full football field, 13 seconds, what could be done there. But I go back to first quarter, the... Ability of Patrick Mahomes to improvise. On a third and three, nobody's open. He scrambles and gets that rushing touchdown diving yeah. for, for the pylon. If he throws an incompletion there and they settle for three, but I just think that touchdown changed everything for Kansas City and what they wanted to do against that number one defense because every time he scrambled the rest of the game, the Bills kind of froze a little bit because they were so worried he would get they he would beat him with his with his legs they left guys open trying to protect against the run and that first scramble for a touchdown you could just see a little bit of a difference in how the Bills defense played when Patrick Mahomes got on the run what i loved about watching that football game and i see two quarterbacks who just refused to lose. Mm -hmm. Both of those guys refused to lose. The confidence of Josh Allen is off the chart. I mean, this guy is, he's just, the confidence just pours off of him. It was incredible to watch everything that he did. And I got to be honest with you, and I think everybody else on the planet too, when they score with only 13 seconds left, I, game over. Uh, Buffalo's going to move on. There's no way. Even uh, Kansas City, I guess, had three timeouts left, two or three at the time. And it's and even with that, there's no way. Not with the number one defense on the field. And somehow, some way, Patrick Mahomes gets it done. He he does. And, and I'll tell you what, number one defense, that was on the defense to get the stop. Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't know how else to couch it. And and really, uh, Tony Romo was on it immediately. Yeah. And I was telling, I was yelling it at my TV. You know, my deaf dog and my wife are the only ones that heard me. <laughs> but why didn't you squib kick it there? A squib kick, at the very least, is going to take two seconds off the clock. Because you catch it, and then you kneel down. As soon as you touch it, the clock stops, and then that kneel down... I think all the different stuff that you look at and every coach that talks about time is going to say that. But if he, if, if they squib kick it and a guy tries to return it, you're looking at three, five, six seconds and maybe Mahomes only has one play with those timeouts. And after the game, it certainly seemed like Sean McDermott wanted a squib kick there. He just didn't get the squib kick there. Maybe pledge. Well, maybe we won't get to hear from Sean. Who knows? We got to push all the right buttons. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's pushed, he said. Yeah, they're they 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 all might be pushed. Hang on. Sometimes my fancy computer, you gotta you gotta close out of something and then open it back up. Here we go. Yeah, we hey. talk about a lot of things, Mike. Um, I'm just gonna leave it at the execution, and and that starts with me. Yeah, that starts me. It's the execution. Yeah. So. Did everybody know they were supposed to squib it except the kicker? The kicker's the only guy that didn't, I guess. Because he, he kicked a nice, beautiful kick all the way through the back of the end zone, and zero time comes off the clock. Yeah, you can blame that. Okay, it, squib kick, whatever. Does that make it? It's kind of like, you know, and I don't want to go back to the Cowboys game, but it's kind of like that. You know, do you run a, a quarterback draw in that situation? Did the official blah, 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 blah. Okay, the fact of the matter is there's 13 seconds on the clock. You can't stop Patrick Mahomes from going 50 yards in 13 seconds? Well, and again, the number one defense and a guy in Leslie Frazier who is getting talked a lot about for head coaching opportunities, and and, and why not? I mean, sure, he's got the number one defense. He He's there. But, you know, in all these games this weekend, we saw a lot of situations where it felt like the coach called something dumb. Now, if it was a Mike McCarthy coach team, we would all be <laughs> blasting the head coach. Sure. Right? But you don't hear the blasting of it. Although, how you, they've got timeouts. Why are you protecting the sidelines and giving the middle of the field wide open? And as Rex Ryan was talking about this morning on Get Up with Greeny, why are you rushing four guys? He doesn't have time to scramble. That ball's coming out quick. Put more guys in coverage. Rush two. That's yeah. all you really need to do. But those two plays, I think we're on the on Leslie Frazier in the defense he called in the moment. And and then of course they kick the field goal, go to overtime, and of course that creates the new narrative of fans crying now to change overtime rules in the playoffs only. I'm not in that boat, but I understand where that comes from. Because I sure would have loved to see Josh Allen with a chance to respond. Well, and again, if you want to see Josh Allen with a chance to respond, that number one defense needs to make a stop. I mean, you know the rules. It's not like we can talk all day about changing the rules and doing this or doing that. you got the number one defense, okay? You've got that. All you have to do is make a stop. Force Kansas City to kick a field goal. Guess what? Josh Allen gets his opportunity. So, you know... It, it, <laughs> You play within the rules as they are. You may not like them. Maybe they get changed. But yesterday, those were the rules. The defense knew it. The Buffalo Bills knew it. Everybody knew it. So you play to that. The defense has got to make a stop. That's just the way it goes. You can't change it. They didn't do it. Mahomes steps up. The pass, the catch that Kelsey makes in the end zone was spectacular. Keeping two feet down. And uh, it was just a great game. So, you know, everybody wants to try, and I love it, and it's great for our business, and, yep. and I'm glad. But, you know, everybody wants to say, well, if this was different, or if that guy would have done that, or if he would have done this, or, or you know, it, it would have turned from night to day, you know, th they would have changed everything. Well, well, guess what? It didn't. We played within the rules, and that's what happened. And it was a great performance by both of those football teams. Kansas City just had the last laugh. Do you want to see the rules changed on the Kia Bossa Bacon phone lines? 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776 on Twitter. He is at JoeKens5. You can tweet at me, at Jason Minix. Kansas City got burned by that same rule a couple of years ago. Yeah. Mahomes never got a chance mm -hmm. to see the ball. Now, they, they benefited from, from that. We can blame the defenses and get a stop, but as hot as those offenses were at the time and as tired as those defenses were, sure. 
I don't know that anybody was getting a, a stop. I don't necessarily know, although I wasn't ready for that game to be over. Give me more of that. No, me too. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I think about, what was it, nine overtimes between A&M and LSU? Yep. I look at what what the overtime rules were in the alliance and what the XFL is going to do with their overtime rules, which is kind of like a shootout in <laughs> soccer or hockey where everybody gets the ball at the five, you get one play, you got five chances, and you get two points per some, something like that that's A, entertaining, and you don't just feel like you, you got robbed. I'm not a Bills fan. I, I can only imagine what a Buffalo Bill fan feels today that their quarterback, that Josh Allen, didn't get a chance to respond. That game was decided because his one mistake is he called tails instead of heads because you kind of knew – Nobody was getting the stop. Whoever won the coin toss was going to win that game. It wasn't going to be a field goal. There wasn't going to be a punt. You knew whoever won the coin toss was going to score a touchdown and walk out of there with a W. Hey, that's, you know. As a football fan, though, I feel a little cheated that that's how it ended. I, I don't feel cheated at all. I mean, how can you feel cheated when you see a performance like that in a big game like that from a young quarterback who's been there before? He makes all the plays that he needs to make. And then the pass to Kelsey, the catch from Kelsey. It was all, all of it. Dude, it was just fabulous. The it sixty yard whatever catch and run by by Hill. I mean exactly. I, I mean, there were some plays in there. But again, you know, sometimes no matter what you're doing defensively, offensively, those guys are just making plays and there's nothing you can do about it. And it kind of felt both defenses were in that boat, no matter what they did. The way that offense, those quarterbacks were dealing it, and and the receivers were playing, doesn't matter what your defense was, you weren't going to get a stop. I don't like the quirkiness in the NFL that the XFL is going to do. That's great for the XFL. They need stuff like that. Sure, The NFL doesn't. So if, if you want to make it the same as a field goal thing, I'm not opposed to that. I would like to see that, that each team get a possession no matter what. All right? Buff, uh, Kansas City goes down and scores a touchdown. Buffalo gets a chance to respond. I'm okay with that. I just think, you know, you, you've you've already played 60 minutes of football. Mm -hmm. And you're tied. Right. You're tied, but then you've got to play another, what do you want to do, 15 minutes? Well, I mean, or, it's, or, it, you know, it, it, it's, or it, no clock. It, it, it's in the playoffs. In the playoffs, I could see the NFL in – what I find interesting is they've tried to get this rule changed before, and the competition committee has said no. And sometimes I do wonder if it's because the TV windows are very strict within sure, the NFL, true, true. where this game has to end by a certain amount of time, right? <laughs> so I, I do wonder if having an unlimited overtime period, I, I think I'm a big hockey guy. You get into the playoffs in hockey, and those games could go two overtimes, three overtimes, and be hours long, hours longer than what the scheduled broadcast window is, I wonder how much the TV executives have a say in this, like, no, man, because we're promoting our new episodes of NCIS tonight. We can't have this game run long. Well, I've seen the ratings, yeah. and yeah. then nobody cares. Yeah. Okay, I think everybody would have liked to have seen More Josh football. Allen Although, hell, with they a chance might, to respond. They might still be playing. Well, no, but I'm, what I'm, no, well, and and you could be so. So say we do that. I'm just speculating here, right? So both sides get a possession. Then Josh Allen, when he goes down and scores, 
and we're tied again. Mm-hmm. Then do both guys get a possession after that, or do you go sudden death? At, at that point, sudden death. Okay. At, at some point, you got to have sudden death. I'm okay it, with it that. It just feels, I feel as a football fan, cheated that we never got to see Josh Allen in that situation. And I can only imagine how beside myself I would be if it was Dak Prescott sitting on a sideline with never an opportunity in a playoff game to get his hands on the ball as hot as he was in the fourth quarter, as hot as Josh Allen was. Has Dak Prescott ever been that hot? Dude, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. asking you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Take just your Ryan Tannehill and it shove not, it. It was just I, a I'm, question. I'm just, I'm just I'm saying. Yes, he has. He has? Yeah, did you see when? that Philadelphia game? Oh, did you yeah. see that Washington game? <laughs> I mean, but what, I'm in but a game that's that what, but, but, <laughs> Well, no, but that, that's what I mean. I, I just, I just, I, 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 that game was over, and as great as it was, the... I felt so bad for Josh Allen not having the opportunity to respond. His mistake was on the coin flip. Well, yeah, I, I disagree with you there. That's, the, the, that's the rules that happened. He lost the coin flip, and then the defense couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes. That's how I look at it. And Patrick Mahomes made the plays, uh, along with all the weapons that he has absolutely. at his disposal, and, and that's how it ended. So, you know, I, I loved it. I, I did not – sure, I would have liked to have seen Josh Allen respond, but as – the rules are stated now. I was perfectly so, okay with the fact that Kansas City won that football game. What, what, because I picked them, too, by the way, and you picked Buffalo. So that was even sweeter. That was one in three <laughs> on my picks this week. I weekend. think I was, too. I know. Um, somebody talked me into taking Tennessee. No, no. Um, <laughs> I think you were over this weekend, weren't you? No, I had the Rams beating the Buccaneers. That's right. Okay, so yeah. I was two and two then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Rams did beat Tampa Bay. Matt Stafford should get a lot more credit than what he is today. I agree with you This totally. football game should not be what is the future of Tom Brady today. This football game should be about that throw that Matt Stafford made to Cup with the game on the line. The onions that Matt Stafford showed. The trade... In the offseason for him to go from Detroit to the Rams with the expectation that he would get them to this point and beyond. But Matt Stafford played a hell of a football game yesterday. And other than his 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 wingman and Dan Orlovsky, nobody is giving him any credit today for the game that he played. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's going to be the story. We're in about storylines, right? Yeah, yeah. So Tom Brady's the storyline. Is he going to come back or not? Then you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, is he going to play for Green Bay again, or did he play his last game in Green Bay? So, you know, that, those are the storylines. But I agree with you. And again. And how sweet is it that Aaron Rodgers. So let's, let, 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 let's just skip over to that game. Aaron Rodgers. Like, like. <laughs> We walk. There's a guy that works here. His name is Arnie PCP. We call him yeah. the Polish Cheesehead Princess. That's what PCP <laughs> stands for. I'm not in the building five minutes, and Arnie's just chirping. <laughs> I hate Aaron Rodgers. That guy's. <laughs> and you just knew it was going to be one of those kind of days. <laughs> it was. It was just brutal, right? Just brutal. Aaron Rodgers. Everything was set up for you. I don't want to hear about special teams today, and we'll get into all that. But you're Aaron Rodgers. You're probably going to win MVP. 
Yes. And your offense scores 10 points. Yeah. You you get a touchdown on the opening drive, and that's all you do in none-degree weather against your kryptonite, the San Francisco 49ers, the team that didn't draft you, that you wanted to be drafted by, <laughs> that you said, oh, I'm going to make them pay. They've never beaten San Francisco in the playoffs. Yeah. I think Green Bay's in the playoffs, right? In the playoffs. So, you know, and, and, you know, we're watching that game. And when Green Bay just drives down the field, scores a touchdown on an opening drive, I'm going, uh oh, San Francisco's in trouble. Mm -hmm. And it looked like Green Bay had a lot of other opportunities in that first half to add points, and they just couldn't get it done for whatever reason. You know, credit that San Francisco defense. They're, they're good. I'm no quarterback coach or guru, but I certainly felt like Aaron Rodgers was just trying to throw to one guy. It, it certainly felt like he had receivers that were open, but he was trying to force it into uh, Adams. And I kind of go back to what San Francisco did to Dallas. They said, hey, we're taking away these two, man. Throw it all you want to Cedric Wilson. He's going to be wide open. Well, that was Lazard, who seemed to be wide open the entire And Aaron just refused to throw him the football. Well, Adams had him. Adams had a pretty good game, didn't he? I mean, he, yeah. I'm not sure what he what he ended so up game with. Game on the line, he got a wide open Lazard, and right, you know, uh, right. Adams that was double covered. Well, I, it was interesting being uh, being at the Roo Pub because uh -huh. there, we, it was split. There were Packer fans, Niner fans, and it mm -hmm. was it was a lot of fun. Although a nice, respectful crowd, I was never worried that it was going to get ugly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't either. I, I felt perfectly comfortable. It was great. We'll talk a lot of football today here on the Blitz. Obviously, Mondays with the Moose, Daryl Johnston, Cowboys three-time Super Bowl champ, will join us coming up at five thirty. But there's some interesting news concerning one head football coach. Could he end up in Dallas? We'll get into that as we continue here on the Blitz. Joe Reinagle, Jason Minix, The Blitz, on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Why can't every NFL weekend be like this one? Oh, my goodness. Dude, I'm telling you, that was uh, that was spectacular. And uh, I tell yeah. you, I tell you what, if every weekend was like this in football, you would see more cardiologist commercials as opposed to <laughs> ED commercials. I mean, let, let's be honest. I don't know if we could take 18 weekends of that. Woo! And you know, I didn't think it would get any better than that that Raiders Chargers game. You know, <laughs> it, during the regular season, uh -huh. and and that was incredible. And then you've got last night. It was just outstanding. Well, it football. made up for the first weekend of playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really did. To have to have four games all come down to the final play, and three road teams get wins in the playoffs. That's that's pretty incredible. And as a football fan, that's what you want. Absolutely, it, especially when you don't have the ability to jump over to red zone. You don't have the you know, all right, well, this game kind of sucks. Let me see what's going on red zone, or let me see what's going on on one of these other games. I mean, you got one game, and if it's a dog, and let's be honest, you know, that the, the first game yesterday was a dog at halftime. I mean, Tampa Bay was getting their butts kicked. Yeah, they were. They sure were. And then, But, you know, did you ever really count them out? 
For a couple of reasons, first of all. For a no, couple of reasons. Tom Brady, it's number Tom one. Tom Brady, right? and it's the Rams. And it's the Rams, okay? Because I'll, as a, if, if you were a Rams fan today, mm-hmm. you're going into the NFC Championship game. I, I almost hope I, we don't get a big lead, right? You almost hope the Rams don't get a, a three-touchdown lead or whatever because they, they have a really difficult time hanging on to them. The same thing against San Francisco. Right, 17-point lead, and they blow that, and the Niners come back and win the game and in the playoffs, and guess what? They sneak into the playoffs, or earn, I'll say they earn their way in. They snuck right. in. Certainly, they sneak they, in. They snuck in. And now they're in the NFC Championship uh, be, game. Because in reality, had the Rams held on to that 17-point lead and beaten the 49ers, they wouldn't be in the playoffs right. right now. New Orleans would have been in the playoffs, and they would have been ousted in the first round because they're not very good. And... Uh, because that didn't happen, the Saints not a playoff team. Lots of questions about their coach, and I and I find it interesting because there there's been a a variety of stories involving Sean Payton mm-hmm. so far this very short off season, and I say off season for the non playoff teams, and it feels like every couple of years there is the story about could the Cowboys make a trade for Sean Payton. He is under contract. The Cowboys would have to give up some compensation. It's happened many times in the past where a team has essentially traded for a head coach. Yep. We know Sean Payton still has a home and his family stays there in South Lake. He's never become a full-time New Orleans resident. There is a connection between him and the Joneses. And Jerry kicks himself that he let Sean Payton out of the building, especially seeing what Sean Payton has become and, quite frankly, with Drew Brees now at NBC, what's holding Sean Payton to New Orleans? So there, there's always those articles uh, and those those storylines, which seems far-fetched, although they could happen. Sure. So you're saying there's a chance. Yes. But then there's some stories out there that the New York, was it the New York Post media writer, the, the one that seems to break every story, that if Troy Aikman leaves Fox and goes to Amazon, that Fox's number one guy to replace him is Sean Payton. Well, that offers up a very different dynamic when you look at what those guys are making now. Tony Romo has set the bar very, very high. Very high, yes. It doesn't feel like Peyton Manning wants a job where he has to work every week and a job that doesn't include his brother. So who would be the next guy to replace Troy, if Troy was to jump over to Amazon, or if he stays at Fox, Amazon's going to go after the next big thing and money whip him, right? Sure. Could it be Sean Payton? It could be. And I think there's other outlets that would go after him as well. I mean, why wouldn't CBS go after him as well? Because he he, he would be good. Okay. He'd be very good at it. But And that begs the question, too, and I think it's funny because um, you know maybe he goes into TV for a year. You get that contract thing washed away, and then you can go to work for somebody else if that's what you want to do. I mean, Sean Payton's still a young guy. He's 58 years old, right? I mean, he's got a lot of time left. Only you would call 58 young. (laughs) As NFL coaches go, right? Because most of them stay around until they're well in their 70s. Right. So Sean Payton's got a lot of years left if he chooses to coach. But, you know, let's face it, too. In the booth... For those guys, it's a pretty cushy job. Mm-hmm. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to work maybe three days a week. And it's a pretty cushy job. It, it is a cushy job. It doesn't help that Gail Benson, the owner of the New Orleans Saints, was at some function over the weekend. 
And uh, the reporter asked her about Sean Payton's future. No, Sean, we don't know. You know, who knows? <laughs> we'll find out soon enough, I guess. <laughs> I don't think any of us know. <laughs> but he'll let us know soon enough. Well, she was sure laughing a lot there. <laughs> I, I, I don't know Gail Benson well enough to know what the hell was that. Well, I mean, was she completely taken off guard and was like, well, I can't believe you're asking me about that. Yeah. I, I mean, what? I got a booger on my face. What is this? I, I don't... <laughs> For her, though, to say, oh, you know, Sean, he'll let us know. Dude, it's your head coach. It's not Aaron Rodgers. I'll let you know by free agency. It's not Tom Brady saying, you know, I need a couple of weeks after the way this season ended before, you know, Giselle tells me if I can play ball again or not. It, 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 you're, it's your head coach. Your offseason has begun. You're, you've got to make staff decisions. You've got to start preparing for the draft. I hope you would get a little bit more than a giggle and, ah, we'll see. Well, and especially with all the head coaching opportunities that there are right now, yeah. right? And a lot of interviews have already taken place, and some of these teams are going to be filling those positions very quickly. Um, the Denver Broncos, I think, might even be first. I mean, they seem to have been the most aggressive thus far, and they've narrowed it down to three, and one of those three includes Dan Quinn of the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, and yeah, that's something that and, – and that falls on Peyton, too. Look, if you're going to leave – if you're gonna, you should let them know. Don't drag this thing out because it just hurts the organization. It, I mean, it really does. It, so it, it, it does. But if you're Sean Payton, you know you've got a job. If if Gail Benson were to call Sean today or call him after that gala, Sean, some reporter asked me, uh, "What do you think Sean's gonna say, Mrs. Benson? I'm not going anywhere. I'm under contract." Meanwhile, your agents talking to Fox, yep. talking to Amazon. You know, maybe having dinner with Jerry, with, Jones? With Jerry or Steven or, <laughs> uh, I mean, whoever it is. I mean, it's not like you're going to tell her. Yeah, you know what? Getting some of these TV offers and it looks pretty good. Why wouldn't you tell her that? You're under contract. You know, she she's, she uh -huh. can't do anything. I mean, I, I, it just seems to me that if, if he's going to make that move, it would behoove the New Orleans Saints it, it for would. him to do that sooner rather than later. It, it would. And... You would think that Sean Payton would be very open. And, and in fact, let, let's take it from the complete opposite angle. Maybe he has told her that, look, if we can get a deal worked out with the Cowboys, don't screw me. I've been here a long time. Could or, be. you know, Drew's awful happy on that NBC set. I kind of want to get into that TV deal. Maybe those conversations are happening, and Gail is trying to figure out ways to keep them, and that explains this giggly answer. No, Sean, we don't know. You know, who knows? <laughs> we'll find out soon enough, I guess. <laughs> I don't well, think any of us know. But you'll let us know soon enough. Yeah, I'm mean, guessing uh, with those giggles, three. That, that could have um, been, right? But, and the other thing, he may have said, look, I can't win with Taysom Hill. Yeah, he's a nice uh, change Dude, of pace guy. He's the one that's giving Taysom all the money. Taysom's the one with the photos, obviously. Well, but but Taysom, he's one. He's a good change of pace guy, right? He's a utility guy. Mm -hmm. He can play a lot of different positions. But to lead a football team, I don't think Taysom Hill is that guy, and I don't know that Jamison Winston is either. And so the, that's got to be high on the New Orleans Saints priorities right now and i think you know there's some quarterbacks available a russell that could make a difference you get a russell wilson in there true an aaron Rodgers in there uh you know a, a good quality quarterback because that defense is not bad it's pretty solid and it got a hell of a running back so you know 
they're they're a quarterback away from being a pretty decent football team. They are, but I also wonder when it comes to Sean Payton at 58 years old, he has a Super Bowl. He's got all the money in the bank that the guy will ever need, right? The one place where he was, where he continues to live, is Dallas. If that's his dream job. Well, would you want to live in New Orleans? (laughs) I wouldn't. (laughs) New Orleans, to me, is like Vegas, man. That's a great place for a good weekend. I don't know that I I would want to live there. I would not want to live there. But again, though, if 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 you're looking at jobs right now, because it's not about money. It's not, can Jerry give you a, a, a million or no. a dollar more? It, it's not about money not at about this money. point. It's about winning and everything that comes along with it. And keep in mind, Sean Payton came up under Tom Benson. Gail's a new owner. And as Jane Slater told us last week, and she's got a profile piece coming up on the NFL Network, her succession plan when she's gone with what happens with that team Maybe Sean doesn't want to be a part of that, and, well, and he's trying to get out of there. And, and here is something that Pledge just put up too. I mean, there's seventy five million dollars over the salary over the cap. Yeah, but there's mathematicians that can make that go away. It seems every year teams make that. that yeah, stuff I guess go so. Away. But they're last but, in the league. By yeah, the way. no, they're they they've got a lot of uh, contract gymnastics to do this off season. That that again. Competing for Super Bowls doesn't look like, without the addition of a high-priced quarterback that they can't afford as we sit today, what are they going to do, right? If you're Sean Payton, are you sitting there saying, if I had a Dak, a Zeke, a CD, and a Coop, could you imagine what I could do? (laughs) I, I, I mean, because while Jerry wants a walk around head coach, if he hires Sean Payton, Sean Payton is head coach and play caller too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that would, and Jerry knows that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's smart enough to know that, but it depends on what you want, right? And where you want to get. He claims he wants a Super Bowl. So, you know, that may take a Sean Payton. I still think that's a long shot, though. I really do, at least for the upcoming season. McCarthy's there. He's going to be the coach this season. I, I don't think there's any question about it, but I think he's got to do something. Other than a quick ouster in the in the playoffs to keep his job, because if that happens again next year, he's gone. I would say that if a Sean Payton became available, Mike McCarthy is out. If they could do that deal, Sean Payton would be out. And I and I think if you would ask me the same question five years ago, Jason Garrett would have been out for sure. a Sean Payton uh, uh, immediately. Regardless, uh, I think even if the Cowboys were still in the postseason. If Jerry could get his hands on Sean Payton, he would make that move. What makes you think Sean Payton wants to coach the Dallas Cowboys? Honestly, I, and I ask well, that sincerely. The the fact that he's always lived in Dallas. Okay. He's always had a tight relationship in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if if you've put two and two together, but every year when we're in Oxnard, California, one of the PR interns for the Dallas Cowboys, is Sean Payton's daughter, right? The True. family the family ties yeah. are there and have been. I mean, don't you find it odd that she's working for the Cowboys and not the Saints? Well, but I, I think it's, it's interesting that it's okay for the daughter to work for mm-hmm. Jerry Jones, but the father may not want to. They're good friends. That's great. Sure. They do things, but then, you know, you work – 
for Jerry Jones. It could be a whole different ball game. It, it really could be, but you know, he he he's a pretty loyal guy. Keeps guys around for a long, 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 <laughs> long, long. I mean, Jason Garrett's a very wealthy man yes. because of Uncle Jerry. No question. And and Jerry wanted him to succeed. Yeah. I mean, he did. He w- he was rooting for Jason Garrett and, and gave him every opportunity. Every opportunity. But it, that's certainly a storyline in this offseason that we are going to follow. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 94.5 FM. Coming up, we'll talk with uh, the Moose, Daryl Johnston. He'll join us at 530. Those incredible games. But could you imagine being on a cruise ship and get stuck? But it's not the bad thing. Well, it's 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 not like there's something wrong with the ship. It's just a couple extra days of extended vacation. We'll explain as we continue here on the Blitz. This is Max Kellerman on San Antonio's Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 94.5 FM. I'm Jason Lennox. He is Joe Eagle. Jason, did you know... That Bob Dylan is coming to the Majestic Theater? I did not. Well, now you do. He is coming to the Majestic Theater. And guess what? What? Right here at San Antonio Sports Star, we're giving away tickets. Not this show. Wait. Not this show. You got to tune into halftime with Michael Jimenez. Whoa. What? All right. All week long for your chance to win. We got two pair for March 13th. And three pair for March 14th. It's the Rough and Rowdy Waves Tour so at the Majestic. we're only giving those away on halftime? That's, uh, that's there, There's yes. none for R&R in the morning, none for the Blitz. It's all about Jimenez. It's who, all about Jimenez. From what I heard today on his show is an acquired taste. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Have you acquired that yet? I'm a, I'm a big fan of Michael Jimenez. Absolutely. I, I, am, I am. Although somebody am called too. his, Michael, you're, you're kind of an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> He is, but and, but the caller also said, I've acquired it. Yeah. So that's good. So you can acquire, Mike, if you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Tune in. If you're a Bob Dylan fan, you got a chance to win some tickets. March 13th and 14th, Bob Dylan at the Majestic. All right. During the commercial break, Joe Reinagle, as we start week number four of, of the new Blitz, yes. said, Man, I got to address something in the next one. Like, what are you talking about, yeah. man? Yeah. I, I, I got See, you. There you go. Uh huh. Michael Figueroa. Joe is a Cowboys hater. Okay, and the only reason I say that is because yes, yesterday you do. <laughs> Yes, you do. <laughs> the only reason I say that is yesterday I get a tweet from somebody else that says, "Joe, why do you hate the Cowboys so much?" Joe, why do you hate the Cowboys? Let me set the record straight for all of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't hate the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't hate the Cowboys. Do you at love all. the Cowboys? I don't love them okay. either. I love Jerry Jones. Yeah. I do. I'm a big Jerry Jones fan. I don't hate the Cowboys. I love the fact that San Antonio loves the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. I do. And when they do well, it's good for business. It was good for business when I was in TV, and it's great for business sitting here on the radio as well. What I don't like is that when the Cowboys obviously have some glaring needs, Mm -hmm. nobody seems to care. I mean, it seems okay with Cowboy fans to not oh, win a Super Bowl for, oh, what, 20-some-odd oh, years, oh, oh, and that, that just that, seems that, to that, be okay. What Cowboy fan is okay with that? I don't know. Uh, Everybody, well, again, because, again, Dak Prescott can do no wrong. Well. C.D. Lamb can do no wrong. No. Nah. 
No, it's true. Uh, it's that Zeke Elliott can do no wrong. See, it's, it's, non- it's Mike McCarthy's fault it's or Jerry Jones's fault. Non-Cowboy fans that will take everything and twist it because you hate the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't hate the I, Cowboys. I mean, for example, when, I Army, do not hate when, the Cowboys. when Army PCP was bitching about the, the Packers today, James Pledger chimes in, well, what about the Cowboys? All right, I, I mean, we weren't talking about the Cowboys. And I've said a gazillion times, as I said to Arnie, as he is ready to kick Aaron Rodgers out of the door. He's tired of Aaron Rodgers. It's like, dude, but there is something as great as he is to only have one Super Bowl, to go 30 years between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and have one each. You got to feel like you've missed on so many opportunities. I agree with that. How many of the Cowboys have in that time? It doesn't matter. (laughs) We're not talking about the Cowboys. But you Cowboy haters just always want to suck the Cowboys into it and needle them. I just want to get it on the record. I want to get it on the record. I'm not a Cowboy hater. It's tough love. Uh Uh-huh. It's tough love. That's what it is. Tough love. Uh, uh, Jay Glenn on uh, YouTube says, Cowboys are easy targets because they're paper champs every year. Absolutely. And, you know, the the thing is, and we can argue about stuff, if you're not a Cowboy fan, you're a Cowboy hater, right? No, that's not true because I'm sitting here right now. uh I wouldn't say I'm a Cowboy fan, but I don't hate the Cowboys. In fact, you know, I get to know those guys probably better, well, obviously better than any other NFL team because we cover them. Yeah. Right? We're, we're in Oxnard. We're and talking you, to those guys. Great relationships. I love those guys. Guy. Absolutely. Dak Prescott is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I mean, he's always been very nice, very generous with his time. Uh-huh. And, and most of those guys are. I was a huge Jason Witten fan. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, as, as most sure. people were. What, what I'm saying is, though, they're professional football players. Well, they're not high but, school football but, but, players. But here, here, here's the thing. Criticize as them a, when they do wrong, as, and if it's time to go, if they can't do what's right and get the job done, don't coddle them. As a Cowboy fan, and I hear this from a lot of fellow Cowboy fans, because I'm hard on the Cowboys, very critical of the Cowboys. No, you're not. I am, brother. You're you're I, hard on Mike McCarthy. That's it. I. It's I, all his fault. I, dude. I've, I mean, I got 14 years of tape that will tell you <laughs> when it's bad. I'll tell you it's bad. And and if so, I'm, you hate the Cowboys. No, I love the Cowboys, but I think Cowboy fans appreciate when I criticize them because they know it's coming from you know that that peer. When when non Cowboy fans criticize the Cowboy, it's just deemed as you hate the Cowboys. It is. And as as an Astro fan, same thing. Uh, as a Longhorn fan, same thing. And see, Pledge, as a Longhorn fan, understands that, but he can't relate it to the NFL level. His, he In his brain, it just doesn't transfer like, yeah, I get it. You know, there there is just that that thing that is there. You know, and I, I think a lot of Cowboy haters just get on a cruise ship and don't come back. You know, like a whole bunch of people <laughs> that were supposed to come back, they're, they're on this cruise ship. And they've been off enjoying their cruise. It was supposed to come into Miami on Saturday, but a judge there issued a warrant for the Crystal Symphony that said, when it comes into U.S. waters, man, we can seize the ship because apparently they've got a $4 million unpaid gas bill. So, <laughs> how, Wait a minute, how much? $4 million. $4 million. Uh, is what they owe. They're being sued for $4 million of unpaid fuel. So the ship coming into Florida got word of the judge. They were still in international waters. They put some passengers on a ferry and sent them off to Florida. Apparently it was a rough ride because of weather. <laughs> and, the, and the cruise ship went to 
the Bahamas. And some guy on the ship quoted on Facebook, it, it feels like we're, we've been abducted by luxurious pirates. <laughs> but they can't get back. See, that's tough. They're screwed. You, they, well, I mean, these people, I mean, they're in the Bahamas. It's Monday. But yeah, but they were they, all, they're all scheduled to be done with their vacation and probably at work. Are they doing anything? Are they stuck on the ship? I mean, it's one thing to be in the Bahamas and you're able to go to the pool and get a drink and go to the beach and do all that stuff. But if you're stuck on the ship, which there's a lot of things to do on the ship. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's different. It's, it's kind of like, well, you know, I was though. afraid I was afraid to get stuck in Mexico because you're stuck in a room. Yeah. You can't do anything else. It's uh, I don't know how they're going to resolve it, what they're going to do, but. It's in it's in the Bahamas. They were supposed to get off the plane or off the ship Saturday in Florida. Can you so go gamble? I, you can gamble in the Bahamas. You, you can, and you can gamble on the ship. You can, but, <laughs> but it's but if you had your airline tickets or a hotel reservation for Saturday night, then you're going to fly out Sunday. Yeah, that would suck. That would suck. That would yeah. suck. The games this past weekend did not. We're going to go over the four playoff games on this epic uh, weekend of playoff football as we continue here on the Blitz. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, the Blitz. And the highlights are on TV right now of that Kansas City Buffalo game. Give me more of that, please. Give, give me more of that. I mean, that game was as good as whatever James Pledger's wolfing down right now if you're watching on video. I mean, he eats like a basset hound that's been in the pound forever. And he's, he's skinny. Did you just see how he ate all that? Were you yeah. watching that or the highlights? Well, I was watching the highlights. I but mean, when you said that, I turned and looked. Yeah, watch him Pledger eat, no, man. I he just saw doesn't him. leave up from the from the bowl. I when mean, it's when just we were like, at the roof pub, Jason, I had, I had two wings left. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, Pledge, here, I'm not going to eat these. I'm full. Dude, before I could turn around and turn back, they were gone. Nothing but bone. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. That is our forever and always hungry <laughs> producer, James Pledger. Never met a meal he didn't like. That's what he does. He is Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Minix. This weekend, we could do a 10-hour show today. We could, do, we, we, could, we could go on forever. Although, I got to say, was, I'm watching games this weekend, and we'll get into all of them. You know, there was two games on CBS. Yes. And in the middle of the game, it had to have been the Titans game. All of a sudden, congratulations, Joe Reinagle, on 25 years wow. of Ken's TV. Then he announced the retirement. And there's old video of you wrestling with Iggy, the old iguana, yeah, <laughs> back in the day. And, you know, all these highlights singing out at Wolf Stadium and all the different things that you were doing. And then I see you at the Rupub that night. And I'm like, dude, did, did you help put those together? Did you know they, <laughs> they were coming? I mean, they, well done, Ken's TV. Well done. Those yeah, promos they, were great. They did a great job. Don Smith is the... Uh, the head of the promotions department. And so, he, and he's got a bunch of talented folks over there. They're really good. And I really appreciate it. But let me tell you, let me tell you how I know nobody was watching that Titans game. Everybody was watching the Kansas City game. You know how I know? I got zero phone calls, zero texts when it ran during the Titans game. My phone blew up. <laughs> When it ran during the Chiefs game last night. So there you go. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. That is a true story. So nobody was watching Saturday afternoon, the Titans-Cincinnati game. Everybody on the planet was watching KC-Buffalo. Well, all right. So the truth is, none of your friends were watching the early game. <laughs> because 
at the bar, six or seven people. True. That's, that's hey, true. Hey, man, yeah, congrats. Yeah. That's I, true. I just saw you are going to retire. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, but it, nobody bought you a beer, which kind of pissed me off. Nobody. I did, thought, did yeah. you? I bought you beers. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. You did. Well, I got my tab at the end of the day. You did. We, we were supposed to be sharing. <laughs> you get around, I get around, you get around, I get around. I don't know. Somehow. Well, it worked that way. I mean, you heard me, you heard me tell, you know, every time we ordered, hey, uh -huh. it's on my tab. Uh -huh. Well, I go up to the tab and I even told you because when they handed me my tab, it was because I had a, I had a nice buffalo chicken sandwich uh -huh. too, right? Yeah, yeah. And you didn't eat. And uh, so I, I said, hey, Jason, man, I think you got screwed, buddy, because my tab wasn't very big. You, you get the next one. <laughs> you get the next one. That, that is that is for sure. But but what what a great weekend of watching football. And hats off to, to Ken's. Although, can, can, can you talk to somebody over there say, you can't watch them anymore, but you can listen to them weekdays. Yeah, right, a little plug. Yeah, you know, how, how, do, how do we get that in? The, the greatest part about that, that promo is the... Video going from like standard def to high def, and and you know, yeah, uh, quite on you. I, I want to say you haven't changed in twenty five years until I saw the promo. I mean, you always <laughs> you've always looked the same to me, but I see that promo and I'm like, all right, yeah, well, yeah who dude, is that young kid? I don't know who that young kid is. <laughs> when I saw that, some of those things, you know, it's funny because twenty five years a long time, obviously, but you know, I I, I see that that promo and it's like, I did that. I don't remember doing that. The whole Iggy thing, I vaguely remember that. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's it's just crazy though when you see stuff like that and you kind of forget that that's what you used to do. I'm impressed that Ken still has all those old videotapes. Absolutely, somewhere. yeah. I, I, and some poor intern or whoever had to sit through hours and hours and hours of Rhinagle cuts to come up with thirty <laughs> seconds of funny. That lucky intern. <laughs> How in the world do you get that job? I mean, I, you'd volunteer for that job, wouldn't you? Uh, no. Pledge would volunteer for that job. Uh, no. To just look I, at Joe Reinagle all day long. That, I mean, that'd be great. I, I, I mean, but to go through, I, I mean, they probably had to go in the back engineering room and find a machine that could play some of those old tapes. <laughs> we have old tape machines uh, there. Yeah, are, are, are they still there? Because There's, I imagine most everything now is computerized. Well, but it back is. then it was tape. But in like capture. Tape, tape. In capture. And you know where capture is. Yeah. Right? In capture, there's about three of those old machines. Because, well, you know where the vault is. Mm -hmm. In all the vault, we've got tapes going back, I mean, late 80s. Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, we've got all that stuff there. But you have to play them in that. And that tape, then you put them on the computer uh -huh. and then edit from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that job would suck. That you job know, would be I, great. I mean, I mean but let, let, let's think about, you told them a while ago that, that you were leaving. They announced it, what, the second day we were doing this show. Yes. And it's now the 24th. So it, it took some intern three weeks, basically, to go through all those old tapes. <laughs> Don't you figure that project started the day after the press release went out? Well, probably so, yeah, or shortly thereafter. So, And they didn't send it to you to, hey, Joe, what do you think of this? No, no, and I, you know, I'm happy they didn't, right? <laughs> so you just see it on there. And, and I saw it by mistake because uh, Maggie and I were at the house, but we were, we were doing some other things, and I had the game on, and I'm watching it. Well, it was halftime when it came on in both games, so we had that – you know, CBS allows us that little spot there to uh, to get something in. So, um, yeah, it was nice. So I appreciate so it. So you, you were in the kitchen. I wasn't in the kitchen. We actually we we purchased a uh, an outdoor heater. You know, one of uh -huh. those propane uh -huh. heaters. Yeah. 
And so I was trying to put that thing together, and <laughs> I'm not I'm not very good at that. Let me tell you. You know the worst part about that is it'll be ready for summer. It might be or next winter. Yeah, I'm going to get it ready for that. But the the worst thing about that it comes. Some of the parts come with this cellophane, uh huh, glued to yeah, it that you got to try to peel off. It takes. It took me 30 minutes to get that stuff off. I mean, it, when they put that on there, man, so, it's on there. So what I just heard is the newlywed Joe Reinagle was putting together the heat lamp that she purchased in the one game that he wanted to watch. That's your team. That was the Titans. No, 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 no. It was halftime, Jason. Okay, I don't care about halftime. Do you? No. All right, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear you, Boomer Esiason. I don't yeah. want to hear Boomer Esiason say how great his Cincinnati Bengals are again. But, All right, can we stop that? But you started a project at halftime. Halftime isn't long enough for you to put together a propane thing. I, I didn't know you, that. You, you, yes, you did. No, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you know where I have it, though, I, I wasn't outside. I was right. inside, right? right? I was right yeah. there. The TV is, like, almost as close as I'm sitting to right. it right here. So right. it's not... Not anything. Is it, is it is it put together? No. <laughs> it's not. So it's not put together because I need some tools. Uh-huh. All right? Maggie. We'll have it put together by the time you get home She from might. Work. Well, that's kind of the plan. But no, she's got a big tool box, right? And but she, there's, she does. There's no pliers in there. Uh-huh. And there's no crescent wrench. Uh-huh. And that, I needed both. Oh, you needed both. Yeah. So I've got to make a trip to Home Depot. Or Lowe's, whichever is your favorite, and and pick up those items. And then I can knock that baby out in about five minutes. James, really? Absolutely. James Pledger says halftime isn't long enough to unbox it. Exactly. (laughs) And then to take that cellophane stuff. And anybody who's put one of those things together knows exactly what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Because that is a pain in the behind. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what. Mm -hmm. It takes a long time. Jason? Somebody defend me, please. <laughs> Nobody's going to defend Somebody's got to defend me because you you know that <laughs> you know that it is tough to pull that cellophane stuff off off of there. Yeah, that's so challenging. It, it, it is. It's pain in the ass. But you don't do it during a football game and certainly not during halftime of the football game. Halftime, you're you're getting your beers ready. You can <laughs> We all know you're not a handyman. I'm, I'm not. not. A, I'm not a handyman no, either. I am not making fun of you at all for. Yeah, you are. No, but that's no, okay. I, I am not making fun of you for not getting it put together. I'm making fun of you for attempting to appear to be starting a project during a football game. Well, during your game, it's your Titans. Once I told Maggie that we didn't have the proper tools, uh huh, she was cool with that. Maggie we, probably said, "Do you know what the proper tools yes, are?" Yes, I said, "I need a I need a crescent wrench and I need some pliers." Who has a toolbox without those two items? Those Maggie, are the basics. Maggie, where's the Joe toolbox? I don't have a toolbox. Exactly, I don't have one. Exactly. So, well, now I'm going to go get my own crescent wrench uh-huh. and my own pair of pliers. Uh huh. Okay, just that's my start. Have Maggie video you putting this thing together. <laughs> okay, we we need you're going to be impressed. We we need some we need some content. You, you don't be you impressed. Don't, don't call me to ask for help. I, I won't. Just You'll me. be the last guy. I'd call. <laughs> yeah, because I promise I just... <laughs> you. You just sit there and drink beer and watch. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else? Uh, years and years ago, I mean years ago. A group of us went over to Joe's house to help him hang a ceiling fan. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't stay on the ceiling. No. We thought it was. Yeah, that well, was. I, uh, I mean, I remember, I forget who was holding it up, gets all tight, it's ready to go, comes down off the ladder, turn it on, 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crap. That's why, you know, that's why people have jobs. And I, I like to support people's businesses, uh -huh. yes, with stuff like that. Handy folks. Mm -hmm. Yes. There used to be a great app pre-COVID that I used a lot of where it was, you know, you just get on the app and find a workman for whatever your project is. They told you the price. They came. They fixed whatever you needed. And it went away during COVID, that company. That was a great plan. Well, but there's people out there that do it. Because I told you we bought the we bought a, a table from Home Depot. Mm -hmm. It's an outdoor table with a fire pit. Oh, nice. Right? And so it is. It's really nice. So <laughs> Maggie and I are working on this thing out there. <laughs> and then then she I said, baby, I'll put together the chairs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so it took me about three hours to put one of the chairs together. And I said, the hell with this. <laughs> So I said, I'm not doing this. I mean, it was it was a pain. And I knew it, too, because we go down to Home Depot and pick this thing up. They got to get a forklift to pick this thing up. And it's a huge box uh -huh. and boxes. Yes, yes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, can you never just it's buy a, something that's already put together? Yeah, 79 for assembly and delivery is worth it. Is that all it is? Yes. Well, now I know. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, well, I. So we call a guy over, right? And he does the other three chairs, and and so now we enjoy that table quite often. I, I'm, I, <laughs> and as and as and as soon as how's that fourth chair work? No, it's a, they're all great. Uh -oh. They're all great, right? The fire works, <laughs> and now that I've got the heater that I'll have put together uh -huh. uh, shortly, um, then it, it's going to be a nice outdoor area area at the Ryan Angle house. And then when you buy your new grill, pay for the assembly. I will. I, I will definitely do that. So when I get my outdoor area, you know, it's one step at a time. Then the Traeger is uh, is next, or something like that. I paid a dude seventy five bucks to come put my Traeger together. Okay. Rob Thompson made fun of me. Then Rob got a Traeger. Come hell or high water, he wasn't calling somebody to come <laughs> come put that thing together for him. But I can promise you, Rob wishes he would have parted with seventy five dollars to put that thing together. Dude, it's money well spent. But I still want to hear somebody that's that's listening or, or watching tell Jason how hard it is to get that cellophane stuff off of that heater. Sure, 210-656-ESPN. I know anybody, you guys anybody know. Anybody got sympathy for Ryan Eagle and his team lost this weekend? He needs all the sympathy in the world because he put all his eggs in a Ryan Tannehill basket. Jeez. Tannehill was just pathetic. First pass of the game. Yeah. Intercepted. Yeah. First pass of the second half, mm -hmm. intercepted. Mm -hmm. Yet they still had an opportunity to win the game. They did. Then he throws a third interception. Which was a, just the, the worst decision of the three, that one. Because he had, he had a tight end open, by the way, underneath on that play, and he tries to, to jam it in. And uh, it gets tipped and then picked off, and then that was it. And then Burrow drove him down for the game-winning field goal. And then when, you know, they get ready to kick that field goal, uh, Cole Joe Burrow. So he was talking to Brandon as he was going out to kick. He gave a little warm-up swing, and he said, ah, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship right before he went out there to kick it. Dude, I, I appreciate everything that I'm seeing out of Cincinnati. And if they weren't playing Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, I might jump on their bandwagon. So is that... A lesson for other NFL owners and general managers that you need to draft a kicker because they drafted that. They guy. did draft that kid, and I, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, you know, kickers are different; they're quirky. You, you see, you see a kicker yesterday in Kansas City miss an extra point, miss a field goal, but when it's 
money on the line. He was he was money. He nailed that kick. Um, well, dude, the guy the guy in Cincinnati should got an extra points. He he never missed. I mean, it was straight mm-hmm, down the mm-hmm. middle every single time. There was no even. Oh well, he might miss. That ball left his foot, and he started celebrating. Yeah. He did not wait. To see that ball go through. He knew he made it, and it kicked the Bengals to the AFC Championship game immediately. Uh, coming up, I'm sure we'll talk a lot uh, with Daryl Johnston about the Kansas City game. The, uh, the That game last night, game of the game of the year. Absolutely, I, I no mean, question. I, that, that, it was just incredible. Rams-Bucks or 49ers-Packers? Which one do you want to get into? Oh, well, let's get into the Packer game. Because, you know, Aaron Rodgers has a decision to make, which he says he will make before the free agency period begins in April. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Right. If Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, there is no rebuild. Quite frankly. No, you're right. I I mean, does he need more help around him? What is Adams going to do? I promise you Adams is going to go the route that Aaron Rodgers takes. If Aaron leaves, Adams is gone. If Aaron stays, I got to believe that that Adams w- would elect to stay. And if Aaron does stay, it's going to be on a new deal. Mm-hmm. But I, I look at Aaron Rodgers and I look at the money that he's making. And last year they reworked his deal. So he's in a position to make a decision. It's interesting his tone towards the coaching staff, the city of Green Bay, all of it. Very different throughout the season and in the post-game press conference than what you heard last year, right? Like, I, I, like this was supposed to be the year for the Green Bay Packers. It was. You got, you're an MVP, you're number one seed. I think he was worse on Saturday night than in the very first game of the year when they got their ass kicked by New Orleans. It was awful. Aaron Rodgers had open receivers all game long, yet kept throwing to Adams, who was double covering. Mm-hmm. You know, you... you you know, you, you look at that final play or, or that final drive. I mean, you look out here, Lazard, he looked open. I think he's a bum. Aaron wouldn't throw him the ball. <laughs> you, you, you look at uh, Valdez Scantling. There were times he was open. Aaron wouldn't throw him the ball. I think he's a bum. You know, but everything was going to Adams, double covered with the game on the line. Now, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you've got to score more than 10 points when you're playing at home in a playoff game. San Francisco's defense was good, but like they did Dallas, they tried to take Adams away. He was double covered. Other guys were open. He wouldn't throw him the ball. Interesting. I think he's a bum. Well, it's interesting how that works, and uh, you're right. I, and and maybe Rodgers just didn't have the trust in those guys. I you know I don't know what, what was going through his head there, but um, you know it was a it was a perfect Green Bay setup. Yeah, the, with the way the weather was, the snow flying around cold. I mean, you just think Green Bay, sh- they just can't lose when the weather conditions are like that. And you've got a warm weather team, relatively, right? I guess it gets cold in San Francisco sometimes. Not none degree cold with snow. Not like that, no. <laughs> I mean. but, so a- everything was set up perfectly for the Green Bay Packers. And they laid an egg. They just simply laid an egg, and it was crazy. Aaron Rodgers was 20-29 for 225 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. They ran the ball fairly well. I mean, they had 67 yards rushing. I mean, but against San Francisco and their defense, that they, they did everything but score. 
And Garoppolo was awful. I, I, I mean, he made some big throws in key moments, but for the most part, Garoppolo didn't have a good game. You know, they, they didn't run the ball as well as they did, say, against Dallas, but in those conditions. But special teams. And why haven't we heard about the special teams coach in Green Bay getting fired today? I don't know. What block field goal, block punt. I mean that that and that that's what turned the game around. I mean, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Because if those two plays don't happen, I think Green Bay probably wins that football game and, and is moving on. Aaron Rodgers to score well, have no touchdown passes and for an Aaron Rodgers led offense to score ten points in a playoff game, that that's ridiculous. You're at home. And at San Francisco, you you were going to make them pay for not drafting you way back then. Isn't there always a team every year, though? The Giants come to mind. The Tampa Bay Bucks come mm-hmm. to mind from last year. Um, that that comes out of nowhere, gets hot at the right time, and makes a run in the playoffs. And I tell you what, if if you're the Rams, you certainly can't laugh that you're playing the San Francisco 49ers because, number one, they beat you last game of the regular season. They beat you twice this year. They swept. Right. And and number two, I mean, you are up against a very hot ball club. And I'm going to disagree with something you said. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo played a pretty good game Saturday night. Now, I don't know what his stats were and if that's what you're going by, but I thought, for the most part, uh, Garoppolo played pretty well. I... I uh... Seem to recall you sitting next to me at the Rue Pub. Yeah. What the hell was that? <laughs> I did how'd say that. You, how'd you lose to that guy? <laughs> I, I, I seem to recall hearing some of that and talking about Jimmy Garoppolo in the moment. He was 11 of 19 for 131 yards. He didn't complete a pass until the second quarter. That's true. I mean, he did. Yeah, it took him a while. <laughs> yeah. But when it when the game was on the line, no, he made some money. He throws. made some great he, throws. He, he made some he throws. Did. He he made a couple of big plays. I mean, he didn't and, he didn't completely overthrow a guy that was wide open right into the hands of a Dallas Cowboy like he did well, the he, previous he, Sunday. He did have that one interception well, where did. you were like, oh. but it's like you know, he he was adequate. But look, <laughs> ha, having yeah. said that, uh-huh. he with, won. He's with, in the NFC with, Championship exactly game. with that defense, Jason Ryan Tannehill. Are you listening? That's uh-huh. all you have to be is adequate. You don't have to win the game. And, Keep and your team in it. You look at what the Rams have done. The Rams in the NFC Championship game. Matt Stafford will never get as much credit as he should no. for his game against Tampa Bay because the storyline is Tom. But, and understandably, Matt Stafford, go beat San Francisco and take the Rams to the Super Bowl. You're playing a home game. Although, when they played in the regular season finale, it was like Levi Stadium South. So the Rams have decided to put ticket restrictions on their tickets that are available for the NFC Championship game. The Rams will only sell tickets to somebody whose credit card address is a Los Angeles area zip code. So in other words, if you live in San Francisco, you can't buy tickets. Yeah, now, but, but how does that work if you're a season ticket holder and you've got tickets... To the NFC champion, you can still sell them to somebody. You'll be able to sell them to your broker and put them online. But, you know, the tickets that will go for sale, and I'm sure there's, I don't know, thousands of 40 Winer fans that actually live in Los Angeles. But how pathetic do you look as an NFL franchise to put buying restrictions on to keep the other fans out? That's pretty bad. It's pathetic. It was embarrassing, though. 
in that last game of the regular season? It, it was. They had to go to a silent count at home at because home. the 49er fans took That's over. That's ridiculous. And I was at Jerry World and saw that Sea of Red, too. Yeah. I mean, play better, create your own fans, and it's up to your fans whether or not they want to sell tickets. But I think that's comical. We'll talk more about the playoffs coming up with that Daryl Johnson. He will join us as he does every Monday. This is Jerry Jones, and you're listening to the home of the Dallas Cowboys. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Daryl Johnston will be with us in a second as soon as he is. We will go to him. Man, I did some great ribs yesterday. Yeah. It was, now that we're in the studio, I can only barbecue on the weekends. So I did a great rack of ribs yesterday getting ready for that kansas city game you did some barbecuing this weekend make sure you upload it at sasportstar.com we do grilling with the blitz every thursday where if you upload that photo add a little recipe you could win yourself a 50 dollars gift card to tri-county meat market we still need some chili though we didn't get any well uh, i would say last week it was cold thursday right i didn't see any chili photos well maybe we get some chili this week we could. It's still cold. I'd like to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's still winter. A chili in Texas is good anytime. True. You don't have to be cold outside. We ain't chilly when it's 100 degrees. But it's better when it's cold. It's better it, when it's cold. It is one of those. It's better when it is cold. And yesterday, the ribs and the cold beer. It was just a great day of football. A great weekend of football. And, you know, I, I think knee-jerk reaction, Joe, is everybody saying this is the best weekend ever of playoff football. I can't remember a weekend where... All four games came down to the final play. Yeah. And that is what we got. It's exactly what we got. And that was, uh, that was incredible. I mean, all the games were, they had their own little, their own character, I guess, right? Every one of them. And then last night was just, I mean, just off the charts entertaining. And just, it, I don't know how many times my mouth was open. You know what I mean? Just watching that. And it was just incredible. All right, Daryl Johnston, he's on the move. He's getting into an elevator as we speak. Wow. Well, we'll see how good the cell phone works with the elevator. Moose, how's your Monday? Does it work? Hey, hey, there there you are, man. Hey, but before we talk about the games this weekend, me and every other Cowboy fan was very jealous of the reunion you had with a bunch of your Super Bowl teammates this weekend. The photo looked incredible. What's it like when all of you guys get together in a social setting like that? Uh, it's like time has stood still for 25 years, 30 years. Um, we kind of just pick up right where we left off, so... Uh, it, it's really unusual. It, it's kind of hard to explain to people, you know, how unique that situation is. So, um, you know, great to have Mark back in town. Um, uh, you know, a guy like that is going to get everybody to come out. You know, even, you know, Michael was, you know, the one that was, you know, I mean, we see him everywhere on Sunday. Yep. And the fact that he was able to, to take some time out of his busy schedule and come join us was was awesome as well. So it was great. It was great. Daryl, what what do you guys talk about? Do y'all complain about the current Dallas Cowboys? Do you talk football or <laughs> or do you do you not talk about sports at all? Uh, you catch up on family, um, probably first and foremost. Um, see how everybody's doing. What's what, what they're, you know. Gosh, we got everybody's in college now for a lot of us. So, you know, how's everything going with school? 
Um, you know, when are they coming back? What's the future look like? Uh, you know, just any plans there. Um, but it's really, you know, mainly reminiscing, you know, for us. If we, if we do get into football, um, you know, we'll, I'll, I always talk a little bit with Troy uh, about the current state, uh, and then, you know, guys will kind of weigh in on that a little bit. But I, I think we're all respectful of how hard it is to win, um, that, you know, we probably see things a little bit differently, understand things a little bit more um, than most fans because they are so passionate about the Cowboys. So uh, we probably give them a little bit more understanding. But this was a tough one. You know, this was a, you know that was a tough loss against San Francisco. So when we were kind of unhashing that one, um, you know, there was a little bit of disappointment there. Because I, I think even even in our situation, we we, we thought it was going to be uh, you know a little bit longer of a season for the guys. Well, and and you look at that, Daryl, and you know what the expectations are for Cowboy fans. How do it, it, when you if you're talking to a Green Bay Packer fan, and you look at a, another year of in the playoffs that doesn't end with a Super Bowl, and then you look as great as Aaron Rodgers is, he's won one Super Bowl in that time, and that was back in 2010. I know, I know, that's crazy. I mean, as, as high as he sits individually at the position of the quarterback in the history of the league, uh, to only have won that one Super Bowl, and I think a lot of people right away would go to Dan Marino and say Dan Marino never had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, so it, it's, you know, John Elway struggled forever until, you know, they had that, that magical run at the end of his career. Uh, and a lot of that was done, you know, with the addition of some of the, you know, Terrell Davis, you know, the running backs, you know, where you're kind of the thing that got John over the hump a little bit. So, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, Jim Kelly, you know, 0 for 4, you know, they're out there. But Aaron Rodgers is, has played the game at such a high level, and he's been so good uh, at, at his position that I, I think, you know, the casual fan that, that kind of hears about Aaron Rodgers, and then all of a sudden you tell them that. Yeah, but he's only won one Super Bowl. <laughs> I think a lot of people go, are you sure about that? <laughs> he was awful good. He should have won more than that by now. Uh, and I think that that's sometimes when we see Aaron get frustrated. I think that that is, that is part of the frustration, that, that he knows about the window of opportunity in the NFL. And I think every time he misses one of these great spots, he understands that that's another window that's closing on him, and, and he hadn't taken advantage of it and won a Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's got to be hard for him to wrestle with internally. All right, Daryl, let's talk about a guy that has won a lot of Super Bowls, and that's Tom Brady. Obviously, he's out of the playoffs, and, and his future is up in the air. But watching him play yesterday, I mean, it seems to me like if he's going to retire, it's not because he can't play anymore. I mean, the man is, is incredible. He really is, and I think that that's, that's the one reason why I don't know if, if that was it for Tom. Um, it just seems like at this stage of his career, like you said, uh, you know, he led the league in several categories this year at 44 and a quarterback. Uh, I think for, for Tom Brady, it would be looking at, at everything else. You know, what does is, what is the entire team look like? I know how I feel. Um, you know, I still feel like I can play at a high level. Uh, I demonstrated it last year, but, but how does the team look? And I know they did a lot this year to get that roster put together. How much of that was a one-year deal just to take another shot and see if you could go back-to-back? And how much of that team will be together next year? I think that will be one of the big things that Tom looks at if you're looking at it from just, uh, you know, an evaluation process. But I think the big thing, if you get into it a little deeper, is, you know, 
how does Tom replace that? Do, do you really want to walk away when you're still playing at a level that he's playing at? I mean, we've seen a lot of guys that struggle with that at their end of their career where, you know, maybe, maybe they, they should have retired a year early and they continue to press. Shoot, I even feel that way, you know. I know I wasn't playing at the level I wanted to play at at the end of my career, but, you know, you love the game and you wanted to play it as, as long as you could. I wanted to be on the field when Emmett broke the record. You know, that was my driving force. And, you know, I was, you know, fortunate, fortunately, uh, somebody else made that decision for me um, because we do get stubborn and, and we want to stay as long as we can. So I just think with Tom playing at the level that he's playing at, um, with Tampa Bay still in a good position to contend next year, I just, I just, I think he takes it one more year at least because he said 45, you know, 45 was the number that he threw out there years and years ago when he said that he'd like to play the game to a certain age. And I think he's just a goal setter. And I, I think this is a conversation we, we have a little bit more next year, uh, but I expect Tom Brady to come back and play for Tampa Bay next year. He is the Moose. Daryl Johnston joining us here on the Blitz, three-time Super Bowl champion with the Cowboys, now an analyst with Fox Sports. Let, let's talk about the game of the year of the of the weekend, that, that Kansas City-Buffalo game last night. And I want your perspective on the overtime rule, Daryl, not only as an NFL analyst and former player, but you're an exec with the Alliance, and you know what the overtime rules were there, and I've read what the overtime rules are in the XFL. Do you like the way the NFL handles overtime rules in the playoffs? It's uh, a tough one. Um, I know they've deliberated. Do we, just, do we play a full quarter? Um, do we actually in the playoffs give teams each a full possession, regardless of what happens on, on their first possession? Um, I think it's hard. I, I think you're, you're never going to make everybody happy, and usually when you're trying to make everybody happy, you don't make anybody happy. Uh, and, that, and that may be where we're at right now. Um, you know, from a football perspective, you'll hear a lot of people say, if you want to win the game, win it in regulation. Uh, don't, don't complain about what happens in overtime. And, and that was when we went to the rule of, you know, if you kick a field goal on the opening possession, the other team gets another opportunity. Um, you know, now are we going to grant another opportunity just because it's playoff football uh, and now we're distinguishing between regular season and postseason. Um, I think there's just so many things, you know, that you have to unpack there. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of a purist. I, I like the way it is now that you each get a possession. Um, I think it is, especially with conditions in play outdoors, that, that one possession for a field goal to win in overtime, I was okay with granting both teams the possession. I, I just don't think we want to keep pushing it farther and farther down the road. Because there's always going to be another scenario where you're going to say, well, well, what about this also? You know, we should probably tweak it a little bit here, too. And you just continue to change. So I think I'd like to see the NFL just kind of, you know, stay where they are right now. And, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be other situations that come up and people will, will find a reason to be unhappy about it. But, um, you know, I, I like where it is right now. And I know it's hard. Listen, nobody knows the Bills franchise as it's, it's, it's good as I do. I mean, I, I, mean, I grew up. In Western New York, I, I, I know how that, that fan base lives and dies. The, the Bills Mafia does not only great things for their community, but for other communities. I mean, they're just a very unique, unique fan base. And I cannot wait till the day they win the Super Bowl um, because it's going to be amazing for that community. And, and I know how devastated they are right now. But, you know, I, I think if you even talk to the diehard Bills fans up there, they're going to give you a lot of reasons why that game should have never gone to overtime in the first place and that they should be hosting the AFC Championship game. Yeah, like, I don't know, squib it with 13 seconds left? <laughs> that, might, that might be a good place to start. <laughs> 
Yeah, Daryl, you, you've got a unique perspective on this as a former player, as a champion, but also as a football fan. When you watch Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes last night, are you in awe like the rest of us at what those guys can do? Yeah, it, it, it takes me back to the days, you know, growing up when, you know, they had the great quarterbacks with, it was Elway and Marino and, and then, you know, my playing days, you know, you know, a little bit prior, you know, to that was Montana. You know, there, there was just, there were so many great quarterbacks that were playing the game when I was growing up as a kid and becoming a, a fan of the game of football uh, in the NFL. And then also the beginning, the beginning of my career when we actually had an opportunity to play against some of them. Um, and then, you know, the rivalries that we had, you know, Steve Young and Troy Aikman and Brett Favre. And, I mean, it, it was just fantastic. And, I, and I'm so excited to see that again. Um, you know, it, it's, it's predominantly in the AFC right now, but the AFC is really poised, you know, to have a decade of fantastic football with the quarterbacks that they have in that league right now. So I was, I was absolutely blown away. There were so many times I thought that game was over. And it was funny because I was traveling back and I'm watching it on a phone and my wife is texting me. And she went back and forth so many times. Oh, the Bills won. The Bills won. Oh, no, they didn't. I'm so sorry. Oh, they, did, they won. They won. It was, it was the most hysterical text chain once I was able to read through the whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, just a, just a phenomenal performance. And it's one of those games where you just hate to see one of the teams lose. Uh, so, you know, congratulations to, to Andy Reid and, and his team and boy, Sean McDermott. Well, it, it, this is going to be fun to watch. For, for several years, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to watch that that Bills Kansas City rivalry. It's going to be fun for years to come for sure, Daryl. And again, with the uh, Cowboys glasses back on, with some of the coaching calls made, whether it was the Buffalo game late on the squib or 13 seconds left, how you defended that play, or Todd Bowles going with an all-out blitz and Matt Stafford hitting Cup over the top because you know you let that guy run free for whatever reason. Could you imagine if Mike McCarthy was on the podium after something like that happened to the Cowboys? <laughs> Does he get unfair criticism with coaching decisions? I think so. I think people have been hard on him. Um, you know, I think every coach has got, you know, some things in his past that he struggled with clock management. Um, you know, and at some point, you, you know, they, they've moved past that. They continue to work. I remember talking to Andy Reid one time, and he spent the bulk of the offseason prior to them really getting into practices you know, working on situational football. And, and one of the things was end of game and end of half. Uh, and, you know, he, he watched, I think he told me over 1,500 different circumstances and scenarios to try and get an idea on how to do it. So I, I think from a fan's perspective, you have to understand that if you've struggled with something during the year in the offseason, you are doing everything you can to work on it. And, and Mike has done that. And I think you get some unique things from time to time. And, and hopefully you learn, you know, from watching other things. I mean, how many people learned? from watching the Dallas Cowboys onside kick against the Atlanta Falcons last year. You know, I, I saw that kick tried multiple times, you know, through the rest of the season, and nobody executed it because everybody saw it. When it's something new and you've seen it for the first time, uh, you know, it's tough to react in the situation, you know, in the, in the moment. Um, and then you, you hope you learn from that, and then you continue to press and find other circumstances that, that could cost you a game uh, that you're prepared for, so you don't have to go through it you've learned at somebody else's expense. And, and I think that Mike has done that. Um, you, know, you know, my big thing is, you know, how do you get Cooper Cup open in that situation? You know, there's been talk about a blown coverage and maybe Todd's decision to go all out pressure at that point, but it's still Cooper Cup. You know, that's the one guy you can't let beat you. How does Devontae Adams, you know, have seven catches? How was he the only guy at one point during the game that was only targeted? 
um, you know, that's the one thing coming into that game that you, you couldn't let happen. And, and why doesn't C.D. Lamb have plays in a big game? So I, I think the scheming is, is the one thing I think that, that people would rather see, you know, because we see other teams do it. Um, you know, so there, there may be some people frustrated with the clock management, but, but my thing is you, you've got some weapons there. And, and why, why, why are we not getting to them? you know, more often in, in the critical situations of the game. So now that, that would probably be my big takeaway from, from what happened to Dallas this year. Daryl, before we let you go, I'm putting you on the spot. Next <laughs> Monday when we talk, who are we talking about getting ready for the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, I'm just going to be like a weird historian guy and say we're going back to San Francisco, Cincinnati, the most watched Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. Uh, we're going to start that one again. Um, and wouldn't that be weird if that, that continued for a couple times like it did back in the 80s. That would be wild. That'd that be a would couple be of big upsets this yes, weekend. Joe Burrow and uh, rookie kicker with a lot of confidence. It'll be interesting to see. We'll talk but, about but it next it, week. It a, it, but but is, it, is it an upset? You know, really, right? Because Cincinnati went to Arrowhead and beat Kansas City yep. in December. Yep. Um, the Niners have owned the Rams yes. as of late. I, is it five in a row, six in a row? Yeah. Twice this year. And, 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 and that, that's... That's the thing I'm 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 most worried about happening this week is it's it's really hard to beat a team three times in one season. <laughs> not if you're better than they are. Not if you match up really well against them. It's not. So, uh, yeah, I think I think San, San Francisco Cincinnati would uh, you know just from a you know a historical you know perspective and, and probably a little bit more hope. Um, the one thing that's you know we've never had a Super Bowl played in the home stadium of one of the participants up until last year, and now we might have it two years in a row. I mean, to me, that's kind of crazy, too. Well, and the thing about the Rams could have the NFC Championship game in that stadium and then the Super Bowl, and that's never happened. That never happened. <laughs> there we go. Crazy. So we, we, can either go, we, can either, we can either reminisce and, and, and wax poetically about the Cincinnati-San Francisco Super Bowls of the 80s, or we can, we can have history made again. You know, Daryl, uh, it, it's going to be a fun week to talk about and then get to the games, but before we let you go, man... Whoever your phone provider is or that elevator, uh, congrats, man. Yes. Knowing that there was an elevator up and down or whatever and, and through that, no drops, that's incredible, man. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. Take care. Appreciate it. The Moose, Daryl Johnston. Always good stuff, Mondays with the Moose. It is. And, you know, he just adds such a unique perspective, and, mm-hmm. and you and you got to love that, too. Speaking of perspectives, uh, are we going to have a baseball season, Jason? That's the question. Uh, it's up in the air right now, but we've got some good news when we come back. Opinions, opinions, opinions. We got them. Keep them coming. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM, 1250 and 94.5 FM. We are back on the Blitz. What a day it's been after one of the best football weekends ever. But we've got some news, Jason Minix, because that's who he is. I'm Joe Reinagle. Baseball news. They're supposed to report, right? Pitchers and catchers, first part of February. Not sure that they're going to, though, because there is a squabble between the players and Major League Baseball. Yeah, the, the good news is Jeff Passan is, is, is reporting that you know, they did meet today. It, they didn't get a deal done. No surprise. They didn't expect one. But they are getting progress, whatever that means. And as Patterson tweets out, uh, the fact that it didn't go backwards when it could have is a W. Well, I guess so, right? I mean, they need to get a deal done. Because, look, as excited as we are about the NFL and the NFL season, because, let's face it, the NFL is king yep. above all else. And, I mean, it's not even close. 
baseball over the years, except with guys like you and me who are purists and love the game, I mean, is, is waning in popularity. And so a lockout, and where they're not playing at all, is, is going to be devastating. It's it, Any pro sport, lockouts are. But baseball, and you're right, and as much of a fan as I am and a, and a purist, I could go days, weeks, without watching a full game, right? It's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always check scores and check sure. standings and that right. sort of stuff. But it, it's, you know, if a pitching matchup is there that I want to see, to sit and watch a couple, three, four hours of baseball, um, even even somebody like me, has they've kind of lost me through the years until you get to the postseason. Right, or, right. You know, if, you know, and as an Astro fan, games have been good, you know. Uh, but, you know, if I'm a fan of the Rangers, you know. I'll, That's tough. I'll, 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 you know, if they're on in the car, I'll listen. But I'm not I'm not adjusting the schedule because of a game time. The Rangers have really never recovered since the Cardinals beat them in the World Series. Oh uh, no! Back then, no, no, they no, really they, haven't. They've been I in mean, a tailspin yeah. ever since. And I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, the Astros and, and the Cardinals mm. haven't been the same either. You know, it's just <laughs> just kind of what it does. You know, one great thing about like tomorrow, we know we we've already got uh, some major topics for tomorrow because yeah. tomorrow we will know who's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Will yes. these crusty old jerk baseball writers vote Roger Clemens in? Will they will they overlook some of the negative? Chances are they don't, and that's going to be the storyline tomorrow. Well, Barry Bonds is up, too, Yeah, I'm not yeah, mistaken. That guy right? too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so yeah. will they let him in after what all happened? That's going to be interesting to see, and, and certainly we'll talk a lot about that. But Roger Clemens, I mean, you know, on the face of it, I get, you know, where everybody's a little upset, but... These guys should be in. He's a Hall of Famer. Of course he is. Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. They still, whether they had juice or not, you know, <laughs> you still got to swing the bat and hit the ball. You still have to, you know I mean? Roger Clemens lied. That's the problem. Right. If he would have done what Andy Pettit did, all is forgiven. Yeah. But he lied. And he went to the top of the mountaintop trying to lie. And he's just, he got busted for it. So I, my prediction is they're not going to let him in. I, I don't think they will. So we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. But I, I don't. Pete I don't, Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's a no-brainer. But, My gosh. Especially yeah. now. I, well, I, I shouldn't say that because he was a manager, right? And when he did what he did. It, it, true. But as a player. As a player. He should be in the Hall of there, Fame. There's no question. And it, it should be on the plaque, part of his story. Was I, there I, a better baseball player than Pete Rose? No. I, 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 and, and again, I'm a big fan of honor people while they're alive. Sure. I, I mean, the day after he dies, if whoever the commissioner is at the time says, all right, well, all is forgiven, let him in, too late. Yeah. Let the man enjoy being a Hall of Famer. I and agree. then when he's sitting in Vegas church and people $100 for an autographed <laughs> baseball, he can make it 150 because he writes right. HOF on it. <laughs> but let the man have his glory while he has a pulse. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 94.5 FM. Joe Reinager, Jason Minnix, the Blitz. Hell of a weekend of NFL football. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnix. I got to tell you something, Jason. You know, after I left you at the Roo Pub Saturday night, mm -hmm. 
I had to go pick up Maggie. We're down to one car for, it's a long story. I won't bore everybody with why that is. But so I had dropped her off at her, she has a wine club, right? Mm-hmm. That she meets with uh, a bunch of friends of hers and they go over these different wines and they basically get together and drink wine. Yeah. Okay. And, and talk and it, it's fun. And they do that once a month. So I dropped her off, came, met you at the Roop Up. And uh, as I'm going back to get her, that's when the game was getting interesting. I left a little bit early, but I'm listening to it on the radio. And San Francisco had just tied it up at 10. So, you know, I text Maggie. I said, hey, you know, make sure the game's on, uh, you know, or, or I'm going to sit in the car and watch the end of it. And she said, come on in. The game's on. So I go in. And as soon as I get in, I start sitting there and, and I'm, I'm watching the game. These women come over. And I'm not here, you know, they're all, what's going on? What's the score? What's the score? And, and tell me, it's 10 10. It's really tight. And then after that, it was, you know, I hate Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I hate Aaron Rodgers. The guy's a jerk. Mm-hmm. His hair's greasy all the time. He's a jerk. <laughs> I hear that. Then I hear one woman go, well, I think he's hot. I think he's really hot. So they're getting into it and just this Aaron Rodgers either bashing or loving of Aaron Rodgers. But I thought it was interesting because you get a different perspective of people that aren't huge sports fans, mm-hmm. but they get more into the personality. Well, you also realized why you didn't go to wine night to begin with, <laughs> the, why guys aren't allowed at the wine club right, nights. Right. And it's funny because you were sitting there and going, oh, I got to leave to pick up Meg. I'm like, just have her call Uber and come over here. No, I gotta go pick her. I told her I'd pick her up. Yeah, because you know you're you're still a newlywed. Right, you're, right. you're in the whip stage. Yeah, well, um, you know, I love my wife. You I know understand. What I'm uh, I, I mean, I, I get it. All right, I, I'm I'm with you. Well, I want to be with her. I, I'm just saying. I hear you. Uh, but you're watching the end of the game. I know. And knowing Joe Reinagle, he's wanting to watch the game, and he's got these <laughs> ladies who've been drinking wine all night chirping about the sexy level of Aaron Rodgers. Either that or how disgusted they are mm-hmm. with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there was no middle ground. No, he's okay. No. no. It's either Aaron Rodgers is a jerk and a moron, uh-huh. or he's hot. Mm-hmm. So it was one or the other. There was no middle ground there at all. Just and be I, glad I, they didn't show Jimmy G while you were sitting over there. <laughs> no, right. That would have been over for you. Ooh, exactly. <laughs> like, why did I come pick you up? And so it, it, it was fun. I just thought that was interesting. You know, and you get a, you get a perspective and, you know, a lot of these ladies, and every, they know what I do now. And so the first thing I told them after all that conversation was that, man, I got some great content for the radio show Monday. That's it. This is great. So it, it was interesting just to see that uh, there, were, there was a lot of disgust for Aaron Rodgers. And then, you know, one, one cheerleader for Aaron Rodgers. I, I, again, and you look at her and you realize she's got a type. She likes those with a man bun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into that. I, I mean, the, the, the crazy thing is. Aaron Rodgers has the Green Bay Packers organization by the nuts, right? Sure. Unlike Tom Brady, where a lot of people expect him to come back because he played at a high level, Mm -hmm. even though he didn't want to answer questions after the game and did his podcast today and doesn't want to talk about his future, he's going to take the time. And what what I appreciate is he understands as reporters, you have to ask these questions. The, and and he he doesn't get he doesn't get mad about it, right? Some fans might get mad at media types for asking the questions, but our job is to try to find out the questions or the answers that you want to know. You know, you do an interview with somebody and you don't ask the question. Well, why didn't you ask that question? 
Then you do the interview and you ask the question. Everybody, well, why are you asking that? Of course he's not going to answer you. And I give the Tampa Bay media credit. Uh, uh, media credit. They they tried. I haven't put a lot of thought into it, so you know, we'll just take it day by day and see, kind of see where we're at. Did you at least take a moment as you came off the field or during time today to, to think about that, to think that this, this might be the last time I'm out here? No, I was thinking about winning. That's kind of my mentality always, to go out there and try to win, give my team the best chance to win. What's the biggest factor for you, Tom? What would be the biggest factor for you in making that decision going forward? I'm tr- truthfully, guys, I'm thinking about this game and not thinking about anything past five minutes from now and uh, and that's what you would expect him to say you know aaron he said i don't want to be a part of a rebuild right aaron if you're there there is no rebuild if you leave there is a rebuild i know they've got salary cap issues and they've got some guys without a contract but if aaron Rodgers is the quarterback especially if he signs another nice new deal that pays him a ton of money a guy like adams will stay well, you gotta you gotta wonder because I mean, look, the, the Packers did go out and draft a quarterback. Yeah, they did. right, and that irritated Rodgers absolutely. So you know, maybe Rodgers calls their bluff. Hey, y'all think this is the guy? Adios, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go play somewhere else, and we'll see what Jordan can do if he decides to play. And that's the because he's got the options. Now, I look at the level of Aaron Rodgers, and I, I don't know. Do we redefine him as the greatest regular season quarterback? Because his playoff failures are certainly well documented. The um the the fact that they're the number one seed and out and he did not throw a touchdown pass in that game. Just from what we see from Aaron Rodgers, this may take a lot more than a couple of weeks for him to mentally get over it. Maybe. This season because he was unvaccinated and had to do the daily testing. And the crap that went along with that. And you heard him bitch about it weekly with Pat McAfee. This season was the worst of his career in the sense of, do I enjoy going to work every day? Because every day it started with, take a test and go sit in your car until you get a call that says you can come to breakfast. And you know it pissed him off. Of course it did. And and then, of course, everything that happened in the off season, And then to lose the way they did. That that's going to be so hard for somebody like Aaron Rodgers to get over. Which is why I think he comes back and plays. Not for Green Bay. and it, But it's got to be the, the right situation. Can you imagine, and, and don't laugh at me, can you imagine just, just for a minute Aaron Rodgers with the Tennessee Titans? I could see it. Right? With that defense, with that running game, that that's a well, tough team to beat. That's... Uh, and Aaron Rodgers with... The New Orleans Saints. So uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. W- wishful thinking for somebody with um, Titans heartburn right now, because we you know. You, I, I mean, what franchise? There, there's probably five, six franchises right now that probably wouldn't make adjustments to get Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, you know, there's a couple, three that are going to be playing this weekend that probably would do whatever. I don't even know, without knowing what Stafford's contract is, if if, if Sean McVay could get an Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years, although they went all in and Matt Stafford's got him in the NFC Championship game. You look down in New Orleans, but they don't have any cap room. Uh, 
Houston. There's no way he goes no. to Houston. So you you look at what teams are good that he would be an upgrade at quarterback whose franchise has a quarterback under contract that is workable at this time. So I'm deliberately trying to exclude the Dallas Cowboys in a, a reunion with Mike McCarthy because, you know, we know that Aaron Rodgers has never won a Super Bowl without Mike McCarthy. But there's no way that the Cowboys would do anything like that. So where would Aaron well, Rodgers... Why not? Because Dak's contract, you, you wouldn't be able to do it. But... The team he just lost to. That's a to, shame, isn't the it? The team he just lost to, his dream team when he was growing up, could San Francisco make a move to be able to try to go get an Aaron Rodgers? Sure, I mean, why they've not? done everything they could to get rid of Jimmy G, but he's like that wart that just won't go away. I mean, they've drafted the quarterback. And you, you know what? You could bring in an Aaron Rodgers and still have Trey Lance on that rookie deal for a while. I know they, they gave up a lot of picks to go get Trey Lance, but you can maneuver everything around. They've got a smart GM, and then you stay in the Midwest. I don't see Green Bay allowing him to go in the NFC. The Indianapolis Colts, as good as that team is, would and Aaron Rodgers over a Carson Wentz every day of the week. Every day of the week. Oh, of course. That's a no-brainer. And they've got one hell of a running back there mm -hmm. that they that would protect Aaron Rodgers. I just think that I just I don't know what Green Bay has coming back other than perhaps Devontae Adams if Rodgers resigns there. Mm -hmm. If they don't have Devontae Adams, they've got nobody. Randall Cobb is 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 done. Randall Cobb is at the end. They've got some other receivers, but mind you, this was the number 1 seed in the NFC. It's not like it was an awful football team that got hot at the at the right time and got into the postseason like San Francisco. This was a team that got blown out in the first game of the year. I mean, just destroyed. But they righted the ship, and they earned the number one seed for a reason, and it wasn't just because Aaron Rodgers is a witch. I mean, they've got some some talent there. Do they have holes? Absolutely. Every, every team does. But in reality... That offense has to score more than ten points. That falls back on Aaron Rodgers. Sure, it does, and you're absolutely right. And in the playoffs, he is certainly underachieved. There's no question about that. He is a great regular season quarterback, and he hasn't been a good playoff quarterback. There, there's no question about that. But I don't think he's ready to leave. I mean, what is Aaron Rodgers going to do? He's certainly not going to be a TV guy. Maybe he goes into politics. Uh, maybe. I mean, he's been very political. That's for sure. But. You know, I, I don't know what else he does. And I think he, ego-wise, I think he'd love to be a Tom Brady, go somewhere else, and win a Super Bowl. Well, and again, like Tom Brady selected the team. Yes. And they helped put it all together for him. If you're, if you're Green Bay, and I don't know what the contract holds, right? Uh, <coughs> but he did work his deal to where, you know, last offseason, hey, come to work, here's your new deal. This is this is what he can do. You know, you go back to Green Bay when Brett Favre wanted to leave. They wouldn't let him go. He ended up with the Jets. And, and then ultimately with Minnesota. Right. You know, so, I mean, Minnesota would be a good fit depending one. on who they hire as coach. Chicago, I don't know if they're still in the quarterback game or not. You look at all the places we've kind of linked to Sean Watson. Who's good? Pittsburgh. That's a quarterback away. What about Carolina? But will they let him go somewhere in the NFC? Or are they going to do what they can to get him to an AFC team? Well, I think that would be their preference. 
to have him go to an AFC team. They certainly wouldn't want him with Minnesota or Chicago. No. I mean, that, that would but, not be but, good. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, what's your best path to the Super Bowl? And it's avoid the AFC because you've got Mahomes, you've got Allen, you've got Burrow. You've got so many talented quarterbacks right now in the AFC, Justin Herbert, if they can get their stuff mm-hmm. together, that the the path to the Super Bowl is is find your NFC team that's close. And where is that? What What team is right on the cusp in the NFC that you could get to. I mean, it, it, it's going to be an interesting offseason to see what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. I think he, I think he plays, but I don't think it's in Green Bay. I think it's. Going I to think be he's somewhere. done in Green Bay. I, I, I do too. I think that that relationship is just out the door. But you're right. Who does he go to? And and you make some valid points about the AFC and how difficult it is. It is much better than the NFC right now. There's no question about it. I mean, from top to bottom. There are better teams in the AFC than there are in the NFC. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I don't know who those teams are. I, I Again, I say a New Orleans franchise, but again, they have no money. they got issues. The Washington football team yeah. is another team that I think. It's a disaster. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. With Ron Rivera, I think that defense, obviously they underachieved this year. But I think that's a team that's got some potential that uh, and, and some some good pieces already in place with an Aaron Rodgers addition. Absolutely, uh, any team Aaron Rodgers goes sure. to is is <laughs> is going to be better. Um, as a Cowboy fan, I don't want anything to do with seeing Aaron Rodgers twice a year. No, you don't. I, 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 I do not. not want to see that. But it is going to be very interesting to see, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, what happens there. But I love seeing all these young quarterbacks. Coming up, the the idea of all these talented young quarterbacks that are right now in the AFC. I mean, what we saw this weekend, Joe Burrow and the toughness that he showed, unbelievable. He just got sacked again. Yeah. Um. And what? And, and you know, Moose brought it up when we talked to Daryl Johnston a little bit ago. I mean, he went into Kansas City, and what was it? I'd have to look it up. Thirty four, thirty one, thirty four, thirty. I mean, wasn't Cincinnati down in that game and then yeah. rallied back? Yeah. Um, um, I mean, so that and that's when Kansas City was starting to play better football, not in early right. season when Kansas City was still trying to figure it out. Kansas City is now looking like the Chiefs, but I'll tell you what, Patrick Mahomes, you, you know, we used to say this about Aaron Rodgers, don't leave him too much time. Apparently, 13 seconds. 13 seconds is 13, all it takes. I mean, Josh Allen, how do you get over that? I don't know. Uh, again. I don't know. I mean, that that to me is just, I mean, that's the one in ten times that that's going to happen. I don't think anybody else does that again. Yeah. I I mean, squib, kick it. First, even that. But to to get in the field goal range as easily as Patrick Mahomes did. Two plays. Bam, bam. And look, because everything circles back to the Cowboys. That was a prepared football team that was confident in the moment. Every player on Kansas City lined up knowing exactly what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. You know, from the first pass, uh, down, timeout called, everybody's lined up, second pass to Kelsey, everything that he did down. I mean, it was just perfection. It it was like the attention to detail, the small details was, was there for Kansas City. 
Uh, even in the, you know, after Buffalo took the lead, which what you thought was the game winner, and you left them two minutes, but my goodness, they had to go score a touchdown yeah. against the number one defense. Well, they did. No big deal. I mean, just all of it. But both of those teams, attention to detail until the final drive, Buffalo with a couple of defensive brain farts. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what they were trying to do defensively there, giving the middle of the field when Kansas City has timeouts. They just gave it to them. Well, that was the difference between what Kansas City, the opportunity they have, and the, the opportunity that Dallas had. Dallas had no timeouts. Exactly. Kansas City did, so that makes a huge difference. You know the other thing in, about those two football teams, Jason? Four penalties in the entire ball game. Yeah. That's it. Four. I mean, that's that says a lot right there. Penalties are killers, as Cowboy fans know. And and that's it, it speaks to discipline. It does. It, accountability. Yeah. And and discipline and attention to detail and all the little things. Yep. You 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 saw it from Cincinnati to a degree. You saw it from Tennessee. Sure. I mean, Tennessee played a hell of a football game, minus three stupid plays yes. from from your quarterback yes that you spent all last week trying to tell me how good he was well i was trying to uh, tell you that that he was a game manager and it, had he been a game manager mm-hmm. and not made those <laughs> mistakes then we're talking about tennessee and kansas city in nashville this week exactly um but no it's it's cincinnati and then yeah, yeah you just look i mean even the the, the rams the rams had a lot of dumb turnovers yep but for the most part played a hell of a football mm-hmm. game Minus the turnovers, and I don't know. I mean, Cup fumbled, Acres that snap that went by Matt Stafford after you got a fumble. Yep, I, I, it was bizarre. But out outside of the turnovers, and I realize as how it sounds as I'm saying it, but they played a hell of a football game. But their mistakes let Tampa Bay keep make it interesting at the end. They absolutely did. I, I hope that. <laughs> You know, you can't do this anymore. There's an old story about, right, that uh, Vince Lombardi made his running back, uh, was it Donnie, um, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. Yeah, a long time ago. Story time with Jeff. He had a fumbling problem. Back in my day. So Lombardi told him that for the entire week, he had to carry a football with him, no matter what he was doing. And if he ever was caught without the foot, he was going to get fined. Yep. Solved his problem. Well, and, and I'll, I'll Cam Akers needs to do that this week. When we were in high school, our running back had a game where he fumbled a couple of times. We lost. Uh, now we sucked anyway, but but we <laughs> lost um, to the uh, Colleen Kangaroos, and then the whole next week, Pat had to walk around with a football all through school. But every football player was supposed to punch it out and see how often he could hang on to the ball. So yeah. you would see him in in the hall. Boom, you'd run up behind them. I mean, uh, you know, so yeah. And, and Akers just kept giving away. I guess Sony Michelle hurt in the doghouse, what, whatever it was. 656 ESPN, 656 Let's go to the Kia Boss of Bacon phone lines because Joe, it always comes back to the Dallas Cowboys. Always does. Daniel, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man? Hey, first of all, I just want to say I love the show, guys. I listen to you all the time. But my, my question is, is uh, going back to the Cowboys, um, with Randy Gregory, do you guys think that the Cowboys will sign him or let him go? Or Because I think with him, D-Law, Michael Parsons, those three guys, man, they're just a, a dynamic duo. Daniel, unless Randy Gregory gets a ridiculous offer, like Robert Quinn did a couple of years ago from the Chicago Bears, he'll be back. 
Jerry Jones has invested far too much time, energy, and money off the field to help Randy that you finally get a good season out of him, a full season out of him, no trouble, nothing. They're not going to let him walk now. He's finally the player that they thought he was going to be when Jerry started on that journey with him. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if if he does get that offer, does Jerry match it? How much money is Jerry willing to spend on Randy Gregory? Because the way he played this year, you think he'll get some interest. He, he will get he will get some interest. I would like to think, but I understand the business sure. that they're in. I would like to think that Randy will give every opportunity, even if it's a little bit less than what somebody else is offering, to stay with the Dallas Cowboys. Even if it's one of those ridiculous contracts where you know it's going to get reworked in two years, because Randy Randy owes a career to Jerry Jones. He does, but he's missed out on a lot of money because of the things that he's done. Yeah, I mean it's, it's his fault. Yeah, Nobody else's fault but his. I, I, I got if Jerry didn't believe in him and fight for him, he'd be done. He, he wouldn't be in the league right yeah, now. True. I, I mean, there, there's not a lot of teams that are willing to to do that. It's, it's kind of like, who was the guy they brought in last year? Why am I going blank? It was with the 49ers, former first-round pick that that they... Alden Smith. Alden Smith. Um, you, you know, I mean, Jerry will give opportunities to some, but you've got to be willing to do it. And when Alden Smith didn't come back, you realize that's a guy that, if, if Jerry doesn't believe in you, ain't nobody else going to give you another opportunity kind of thing. Yeah, that's very true. So Randy Gregory's going to have some opportunities, but... Um you got to figure he's back. And we got plenty of Randy Gregory segments lined up for February, March, April <laughs> until all that begins because he's a big part of the Cowboys' offseason rebuild. But we're talking about the incredible play from this weekend. And we'll continue the conversation with Clint Sterner coming up here on The Blitz. Second of takes. The Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Incredible weekend of playoff football in the NFL. All four games showing some incredible quarterback play. Well, except maybe one. Yeah, except San one. Francisco Green Bay didn't uh, show incredible quarterback play. And your Tennessee Titans uh show crappy quarterback play let's let's talk about it with a guy that played quarterback in the nfl clint sterner former cowboy quarterback now does radio down on sports radio 610 in houston clint man nobody is short of content on this monday boy ain't that the truth man we got uh we were blessed with some really good football even i heard you guys just just talking there in the in the intro even the games that consisted of poor quarterback play um well they they were they were nail biters, you know. It wasn't it wasn't poor enough quarterback play where it allowed one you know one team or the other to, to separate and, and make the get get the game to a point where it wasn't interesting to watch. So uh, at least the, the the poor quarterback play kept us interested you know interested in that particular game. So, uh, but yeah, what a weekend, man! What a weekend in the NFL. That, that was fun. All right, Clint. I know you're being nice, but you know Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> All he has to do is manage the game. With their defense, their running game, just manage the game. You don't have to do anything. And he's trying to be Superman on that last drive. I, I, I mean, I, I was going to pull my hair out. 
Yeah, you know, the, here's the thing: is, is I'm a I'm a bigger fan of Ryan Tannehill than, than most most people are. But there's no there's no denying he was bad. He was bad this weekend. And and when you're in the playoffs, you know, you get paid the big bucks, and and you're the starter. You're the guy that they're they're hanging their their hat on. You you get paid to not not have bad days in January, and damn sure damn sure not in February if you make it that far. So. Uh, it, it was a it was a bad outing, and and there's there's no defense to it. I, I will say this, I, I found it very interesting. And, and and when you get to the playoffs, these are the kind of conversations that ultimately that ultimately need to be had, right? Is you, you, obviously two really good football teams, but when it when it came down to cutting time, what did we see the Cincinnati Bengals do? They Joe Burrow found a way versus what appeared to be a cover two man uh, to run a double move route to Jamar Chase. Uh, to help them win the ball game, and and you look at what Tennessee did. Tennessee gets the ball back, and and Tannehill throws an interception, trying to force the ball to number fifteen. I can't even remember the kid's name. He's got he's got a, a dual last name, um, but instead of throwing to future Hall of Famer Julio Jones or obvious you know young great wide receiver AJ Brown, we're, we're working to try to get the ball to fifteen. And so uh, during the regular season, you get away with that stuff, but during playoff football. When it's cutting time, you know, those are things you just can't afford to do. One team did it well in Cincinnati, and, and the other team did it poorly in Tennessee, and you see who won the game. What does it say about a quarterback in Joe Burrow who can get sacked nine times and still go 28 at 37 for 348? How about that? I mean, in a day or a Monday, a reaction Monday, where we're talking about the, the freaks of the position, Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, ultimately, uh, you know, as big a story is, is what's going on with Joe Burrow. I mean, you know, we're, we're living in a day and age, Jay, where everybody wants to talk about, oh, man, if you don't have the Pat, next Pat Mahomes, the next Josh Allen, good luck winning in the NFL in, in 2022 and beyond. And, and uh, Joe Burrow's back there raising his hand and saying, fellas, I got average to below average arm strength. I'm, I'm average to below average athlete. And uh, I'm going out there and, and helping my team win ball games and, and throwing up numbers that not many in the NFL are at this point in time. So, look, Joe Burrow's got Joe Burrow's got that swagger that we all love that that uh, that, that you, you could separate the, the, his swagger from arrogance. Um, I mean, it's confidence, it's likable. Uh, I, I, look, I really like what this dude's doing, and clearly, you know, when you look at his game. He's just one of those next in line of just elite processors, man. Uh, the Drew Breeses, the Tom Brady's, the the greats that played the game with limited limited talent, relatively speaking. Um, you know, they were high level processors, man, and that and that sucker right there is 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 doing it at that level. I don't know if he can do it for ten or fifteen or twenty years like those Hall of Famers did, but he's damn sure doing it right now. You know, when you look at that, and you mentioned the Kansas City. Buffalo game and what a, an incredible performance by both of those quarterbacks. But I, I saw a tweet, Clint, that you put out. I think it was this morning about the overtime rules. What what is your thought process on the current rules and and how would you change it? Well, one, I, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with what they're doing now. I think it's better than where they were. That the you know the sudden death. It's better than the sudden death. Um, you know, I don't. I do not think that's why Buffalo lost that football game. But I, I think I think from the outside looking in, they can do better. Uh, I think you make it the 15-minute quarter like they did. You allow each team a possession, and once each team has had a possession, it becomes sudden death. If it's, if it's still tied at that moment, 
it becomes death in the next field goal or the next score or the next safety, whatever it may be, it, it wins the ball game. I, I just, I just got to believe, guys, that there's a better way to, to play overtime football than for you and me as consumers to sit over there and watch Josh Allen pull his hair out and never get an opportunity to touch leather beyond the coin flip. I, I, I just got to believe there's a, a better way. Not, nothing wrong with it now. Not bad. I just believe it can be better. Yeah, you know, Clint, uh, as we visit with Clint Sterner here on the Blitz, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm 100%, I think, with you on this. I know what the rule is, but as a football fan, I'm not a Bills fan, I just felt cheated last night. If I were a Bills fan, knowing that my quarterback never got an opportunity in overtime, I'm beside myself today. If that, if, if that would have been the Cowboys on the other end, our phone lines would be lit up the entire day that Roger Goodell has to change the rule. And I know what the rule is, but I, I just feel cheated as a football fan. Now, you know, yeah, man, defense, make a stop. You got the number one defense. Don't let them get in the field goal range with 13 seconds left. Squib it. There's lots of things that you could point to as a Bills fan, but as a football fan, I just felt like we were cheated a little last night. Well, look, Jay, the, the only thing that's saving really this conversation from being a heated conversation is, is the special teams coach not squibbing that kick and Leslie Frazier not being prepared uh, down the stretch there and allowing them to go 44 yards in 10 seconds, two plays, 10 seconds. I mean, that is inexcusable. That's a fireable offense. That, that just can't happen to Leslie Frazier, who's been in this game, defensive coordinator for a long time. He's been a head coach. Hell, he's a He's a head coach candidate as we speak. That just cannot happen. That's the biggest takeaway from the weekend for me is how in the hell Leslie Frazier wasn't prepared for that moment. Um, but if if Buffalo, because we we hear from a lot of Buffalo fans on social media and via the text line, I don't know I don't know how, but I guess there's a lot in the Houston area. <laughs> but but boy, they they are they are hot about. Hey, I, we don't want to hear anything about overtime rules. It, hell, we should have never got there. It shouldn't. You know, we're, we're, it's more about the defense. So. That 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 uh, the way that unfolded is is actually saving the NFL from getting absolutely attacked by the, by Bills Mafia, if you will, about overtime rules. Just though the you know all of that aside, Clint, when you look at the play of those two young men, I mean, my mouth my, my jaw fell open. I don't know how many times watching that game last night. Those two players are just incredible and so much fun to watch. Well, look, I'll argue, and I said this last week, I think, when I was on with you guys. I think Josh Allen is the most difficult quarterback to game plan for for a defensive coordinator because they can run the power run game uh, with him sitting at 245, 250. I mean, he look, he outruns DBs, so anything on the edges, he's a threat. Any kind of scramble, um, you know, extending plays, he's a threat. And then, obviously, from an arm talent and an arm strength standpoint, I mean, he's as good as there is. And so – I think he's the most difficult to, to uh, game plan for. And then I think when you're actually in the moment, um, th- there's, there's nobody better right now than, than Pat Mahomes with, with the things that, that he can do. Uh, and he showed last night that he's a little bit more um, athletic than I, I think. I know I've given him credit for. Last night he made a couple of runs that were awfully impressive. So, um, look, there, there's th- those two guys, it's must-see TV. It's definitely the next Brady Manning, if you will, and not not, not talking about the, the type of play or the, the skill set, but just the hype that's around those two guys when they do meet up, man. Last night was – I know my co-host on, on, on Sports Radio 16 in Houston, he said it took over 
the number one spot for him in terms of, of most most uh, entertaining games, and, and it it it, uh, it it overtook the USC Texas game mm-hmm. back in the day when Vince Young brought him back. So it, it's it's a game that's in that conversation. There's no question. Clint Sterner joining us here on the Blitz, former Cowboy quarterback, now does radio down in Houston on Sports Radio 610. Clint, on the NFC side, the story is about now the future of Tom Brady, but Matt Stafford, Dan Orlovsky, is the only guy giving that guy plenty of love. What did you think of Matt Stafford's game yesterday? Well, Matt's another one that I'm I'm not quite as high on him as Dan, as Dan is, but, but I... I definitely didn't didn't uh, buy into all the the hate that was being pushed his direction. Um, you know, I, I think you can cherry pick moments this season with his first year in, in the in, in the McVay's offense, and it was his first year with these receivers. You could cherry pick moments when he struggled, but I mean, anybody worth their salt, I think, could see that the kid could play. I mean, he's obviously a, a extremely talented. In fact, we should probably include him in conversations. Uh, of, of the top arm talents and top arm strengths in the in the NFL right now, um, he, he's that good. But it, look, it was great to see him. You know, play big when the, the the stage was the biggest, the lights were the brightest. Because if anybody in in the the playoffs deserves it, guys, I mean, multiple years in Detroit will actually kill a man. So um, if anybody deserved it, it was him. It was it was really good to see, man. No question. All right, Clint, when we talk to you next week, who are we going to be talking about going to the Super Bowl? Oh wow, man. I, I look I, I hope it's I hope at this point it's it's uh it's it's Kansas City and and um and, and LA. I think that's your best matchup. I think for everybody that's the sexiest matchup. But personally I, I had I had picked Cincinnati and Tampa Bay, and now that Tampa Bay is out, they were my my I guess more of a favorite, and and Cincinnati was my Cinderella. I'm personally pulling for for Cincinnati, and 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 I, I hope they win. I do think they got an outside shot at Kansas City. Uh, they're a big time dog, and and I hope they pull it off. But um, I, if I if if you're putting me on the spot and making me bet on it, man, I would bet Kansas City. Uh, L.A. and, and, and uh, a Rams-Chiefs matchup. And when we talk to you next Monday, Clint, are the Texans going to have a new head coach yet, or are they still interviewing everybody? God, I hope not, man, because I think one of the <laughs> – look, they're, 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 the John, this Jonathan Gannon kid is uh, – our guy, I guess he's not a kid. Um, you know, he's getting a second interview they announced today. That that was the, the most recent news for us down here in Houston. And, and look, I, I think he's – I think a lot of teams, I think several teams have, have shown that he's – He's a head coach caliber, and 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 you know, could could be a, a good hire for somebody one day. I think the big thing in Houston is is at this point not who they hire, but how they handle the process. And right now, they just flat out can't they cannot hire a head coach with the list of five or six head coaches that they've interviewed, including uh, including uh, Heinz Ward, Josh McCown, Joe Lombardi. Brian Flores, like they can't hire a head coach and never interview anybody other than Kevin O'Connell out of the Rams, out of McVay and Shanahan's tree or Andy Re- Andy Reid's tree. They just flat can't can't afford to make that decision and hire a head coach until they flip every stone and they're nowhere near it. So Jay, I don't think I don't think they're close to hiring a head coach. Good stuff. Clint Sterner <laughs> from Sports Radio six ten down in Houston, former Cowboy quarterback. Always appreciate the knowledge, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right, you boys be good, man. Take care. Appreciate it.
they'll, they'll probably hire a coach Wednesday. They probably will. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You, you hear all that? No, they can't. They can't. It's the Texans. They, yeah. After all. I know. <laughs> oh man, love talking to Clint. He's good stuff. I he hope is. he goes to LA. I'll have to find out if he's going out there. Absolutely. He's fun though. Yeah, he's fun. Party with. <laughs> We're going to work, Jason. Come on. It's all about work. Work, work, work. Work hard, play hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, Super Bowl is a whole different animal. You know, you, you need about 15 hour energy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you'll drink three of those a day. Three a day. Yeah, absolutely. I'll it's stock up. going to be a whole lot of fun. Man, what a great weekend of football. We'll wrap up. the. I can't believe we're done with this show I already. I Ben. It was incredible. So much to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. We'll continue the conversation as we continue here on The Blitz. Hey, this is Rob Thompson on your home for Rangers baseball. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. Now tomorrow we'll find out if, who's going in the Hall of Fame for baseball. We will. I don't think uh, Roger Clemens' name will be on there or Barry Bonds. So we'll argue about why they should be tomorrow on the Blitz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, that debate. And hopefully the Players Union and Major League Baseball will figure all this stuff out. We don't have to deal with a lockout. I want to talk Cowboys football tomorrow. We never... Talk Cowboys football, know, Jason. It's, Come on, it's rare, um, but we'll 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 work it in. I'm we'll, sure we'll find we'll, something. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. I mean, I I think somebody went and got a pedicure and a manicure of the weekend. So I mean, that's three segments right there. You know, as they prepare for the off season. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I mean, already right. The Cowboys are back in the news. We have the speculation of Sean Payton mm-hmm. perhaps uh, leaving New Orleans and. Who knows? Maybe he falls in uh, Dallas. You know, it, it, it is interesting, although as much as I'd like to see Sean Payton coach the Cowboys, just anybody but Mike McCarthy <laughs> at, at, at this point, right? But Sean Payton, what could he do with a Dak Prescott? You know, and, and, and maybe he's, I don't know, a consultant, whatever that means. Um, it just You just get the sense that his time in New Orleans – is up. You know, it's, you know, you got Brady making a decision, Aaron Rodgers making a decision, and now you've got the owner of, of the New Orleans Saints talking about Sean Payton like, like he's one of those players. So we're talking about the head coach of your football team and the owner at an event this weekend. Gail Benson just answers the question like, yeah, we'll figure it out. No, Sean, we don't know. You know, who knows? <laughs> we'll find out soon enough, I guess. <laughs> I don't think any of us know. <laughs> but he'll let us know soon enough. Yeah, he'll let us know soon enough. I think she was at wine night with your wife over the weekend. <laughs> I mean, listening to her, I mean, uh, it's your head coach. How do you not know? Well, maybe that's the first she heard about it. You know, by that reporter, it's like, oh, no. That's, that's <laughs> I got to play it problem. cool, right? That's I got to play it cool. That's so. bigger problem. Yeah, she, if, she's playing it cool. I, I mean, but so you, you, you've got that storyline, what it would mean for the Cowboys. I mean, Shereen Williams will be on with us tomorrow. We'll we'll talk to her about it. I mean, she's just plugged in with both those. And Jane Slater on Wednesday because she covers the Saints and the Cowboys ah, that's for right. that's NFL right. Network. So, I mean, this isn't a story that's going to go away. And I think Gail Benson's answer and the way she answered it 
throws flames onto that fire. I mean, it's kerosene getting added to that fire. I mean, now all of a sudden, you know, it's lead story on ESPN.com, Yahoo, all, all of them. Because an answer like that from your owner, if you're a Saints fan, you go, well, he gone. Yeah, you got to figure that. He, that's he's probably gone. Yeah, that he's gone. And he's maybe he's already told. I hope he has. Or I hope he's already related to Gail Benson. You know, because, look, that's a, obviously a huge piece to your puzzle, <laughs> yeah. right? And there's a lot of coaches' jobs available right now. And so if he's going to be another one where the Saints have another opening, I mean, they need to get busy, right? You heard the Texans are... Yeah, doing everybody a favor because they're only interviewing guys you've never heard of, basically. So that's good. Oh, man. Why do you got to knock McCown that way? <laughs> I mean, he's played for everybody. Former Sam Houston State Bearcat. So can you imagine, and I would just want to know from our resident Texan fan in there or anybody else that's a Houston Texan fan, can you imagine if if they were to hire a guy like McCown? Oh, they did with David Coley. Well, I, I mean, let's be honest. But I think that was planned. It was a, it was a, it was a temporary deal. Sure, and whoever they hire right now is going to be a temporary deal. You think so? Well, yeah. Why? Why do you think that? I mean, they've got to do something with some permanency, uh, if that's a word. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I think my tune on that will change when I see the draft hall, the picks that they get for Deshaun Watson. And if I'm one of these guys interviewing, I want to know more about where we at with Deshaun. Mm -hmm. I know the stories are you want three ones and a couple of twos and a couple of large pizzas and whatever. But what do you think you're really getting? What have people told you when they've talked to you about Deshaun? Yeah. Because that's an organization with the right coaching hire and the picks that they get. If you trust Nick Casario to draft the right guys, that could be a very quick turnaround for the Houston Texans. Well, I think that's key. Do but you trust? With everybody that I've heard they're interviewing outside of Brian Flores, there is zero trust or confidence that Nick Casario and Jack Easterby will get this right. Yeah, I don't think so. And 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 usually when you bring guys in for a second interview, Jason, you've exhausted your list. Now you're going back to the guys that you wanted. And so it looks like you you may be right. Watch Joe tonight at 10 on Ken's TV. Wake up with Rob and Rudy tomorrow morning at 7 for R&R in the morning. Back with more of the Blitz tomorrow. And Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame.